What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 60, celebrating the ongoing decade of the PlayStation Vita. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside future class of video games. Blessing, Addy Oye Jr. So are we going to do this year long? Is this whole year going to be the year? I feel like we have to now that that it's been called out. December, Japan's 10-year anniversary. February, America's 10-year anniversary. We start right now. We're in it. You know what I mean? I'm down for it. Yeah. Does that mean we're going to do a March Madness Vita bracket where you rank all the best Vita games? I mean, we have to do that at some point. I don't know if that's, yeah. Does it have to How be in March? March uh, Madness with one game? <laughs> Barrett, mute yourself. Mute yourself mute Barrett. Barrett. Can I mute Barrett? Do I have that response? No, we don't have the ability yeah, to do they, that. There's more than one. They got Persona Freedom 4 Wars. Golden. There's yep. Freedom Wars. There's yeah, Luminous. Severed. There's a bunch Severed. of indies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Meat Boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rogue Legacy. The list goes on. You know what I mean? Don't worry a about bunch, it. And a bunch of visual novels. Just, j- Barrett, just because you were five years old when the Vita came out, it didn't mean people like me <laughs> weren't playing it, enjoying now, it, having a great time out there. Greg, did you yeah. see some very exciting news that there's a, a Vita game coming up that's coming yes. out? Scorchbringer. Yes. Vita Lives. Yeah, I've already Vita requested Island. the code. I got so excited when I saw I was coming to, to Vita because that's the game that Andy Cortez has been talking about. Uh, that's the game that was on Game Pass, probably still is on Game Pass. And I've been thinking about playing it because Andy has such nice things to say about it. And as sure. soon as I saw the Vita announcement, I was like, yes, this is how I'm playing this game because I, uh, it's it's awesome to have another Vita game to kind of play on my bed, just hanging out. To remember, you know what I mean? To it remember. feels good just to hold the Vita sometimes, to remember what it was all about. You know, I've been playing so much with that back that backbone controller, like uh, Barrett over there uh, doing remote play on PlayStation yeah, Five. Baby. It's like I remember when I used to do this rather in in, in with an inferior <laughs> inferior control scheme with the Vita. But God dang it, we liked it. It was the future. I remember playing Black Flag up in Seattle with my PlayStation back in uh, San Francisco. It was garbage, but it worked. It was yeah, there. I- I had such a fun time playing Persona Five uh, the first time on the Vita. I probably played the first. 15-ish hours to Persona 5 before mm-hmm. I gave up because I could never get the reliable connection going. Yeah, it would only connect the, half the time to my PS4. You get little triangle and then the dot, dot, dot. That's all yeah, and like half the time you'd be like, no, we can't do this. And I'm like, why? And it's just like, no, we just can't. Um, yeah. But when I would get that connected, Persona 5 was actually a really good game to play via remote oh, play yeah. because totally. it, one, it reminded me of playing Persona 4 Golden back in the day, but then exactly. also there's not a, there's not that much going on in the game action-wise to where I need that yeah, it's uh, perfect split for second turn, reaction yeah, time. Turn-based, like it's great for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, like with the... I've been replaying Persona 5 Royal for stream, and then I've decided that, like, whenever I get to the grindy parts where I need to spend a lot of time in mementos, like, I'm just going to plug in my phone into the backbone. Smart. Start it up, and just, like, fucking chill out and uh, What are you going to put on that TV? You going to put some, you going to put My Hero on? You going to put some Star Wars on? What are you going to play on that TV right now? uh, On the TV? I mean, yeah, My Hero comes back uh, later this month. Greg, you should, this is the perfect time to get caught up, Greg, after that uh, two episodes that you watched. Um, Drunk. You and me drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say I remember it. Don't say I never tried, everybody. I tried to get this motherfucker into My Hero. I Uh, liked it fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, we've been watching Star Wars. I, I, yeah, I, I want to use the TV more, but it's nice to just be able to chill in bed too. Is, is Backbone coming to Android? Should I anticipate yeah, that? Yeah, it's coming to Android. They've said okay, it's coming to I Android. Want that. Yeah. I mean, you could also just get an iPhone, be like the no. good folks. Get the blue, get the blue yeah. text messages from us. You know? Yeah, exactly. I got, I, I just honestly, got the iPhone as, 12 blessing. It's great. As the years go, as the years go on, I don't know what my argument keeps being for Android sure. because it used to be the fact that. Android is where you get the customability. You know, Android had the the unique keyboards that I could rock, different launchers, all that shit. And as the years have gone on, like I know on iPhone you can get uh, you can download new keyboards and all that shit. And I don't know, you probably can't do new launchers. Maybe you can if you jailbreak I it or whatever. It. But yeah. 
it's become I've I've had less and less enticing reasons for me to be be the person who's mm. who's like Android is superior is the superior platform. Android is where is where it's at. The only reason I'm sticking with Android is just because that's what I've had for the we're, last decade. We were speaking about Persona switch. Five, and the one thing that see this, other is, devices... well, this is like, and this is yeah. I want to, I'm sorry, one second. Yeah, this yeah. is like me being a reformed Sega kid. All right, you don't have to do this <laughs> just because you were an Android kid doesn't mean you have to continue being an but Android. Like, here's kid. the thing: not, I've had zero issues with having an Android. I love my Android phone, my Samsung Galaxy Seven or Ten. I forget which one it is. Uh, what's up, Greg? I'm sorry, you said you had zero issues, but correct me if I'm wrong, you can't use the backbone yeah. controller, which seems like I have an issue. Yeah. One issue. I can't use the backbone. Gotcha, I also gotcha. have the issue of whenever I text somebody for the first time and they're like, oh, green bubble. And I'm like, yeah, listen, gross. I love the platform that is Android. The only thing that ruins Android are people with iPhones. If the iPhone didn't exist, Android would be the perfect platform. It's it's I, it's uh, Apple doing <laughs> shit to turn their users into fucking cultists and like uh, create this culture of groupthink around Apple to make everybody think that whoever doesn't have Apple is inferior. When really it's it's the case of so many people have Apple and those devices play so well together that it alienates everybody else. And that's the issue I have with my Android. But the Android phone by itself, amazing. It's impeccable. I love it. Yeah, I remember saying this right about Sonic. He's Sonic is awesome. <laughs> He's impeccable. You know what I mean? Sonic is impeccable. He's shit out so of Mario. Fast. The problem is the cult of Nintendo. All right, get out of here. Just join us. All right. Am I wrong? Uh, not only Am that, I you wrong? piss. <laughs> Am I wrong, bro? Uh, not only that, you piss off Kevin, which would be great if you came to our side. Oh, that, yeah. is, that, that is a really good just argument. Just for the lulls and the yucks, you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. That is uh, that is a really good argument. While we're here, though, I want to give a shout out uh, because if you're watching the video version, you probably noticed that I have some new posters on my wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out to the the, the person who did the art for the. Uh, I, say, I say posters. Prints, I think, is the better term for it because yeah, they're paper. prints. You you showed them on your Instagram. Yeah, I did show them on my Instagram. Instagram.com slash Blessing Junior. I don't know if that's how you pimp Instagram profiles, but boom, there you go. Uh, so the person who did the art for the prince is uh, somebody named Azlars on Instagram. A-Z-L-A-A-R-S. I sent the link to Barrett to their Instagram if Barrett wants to bring it up. Basically, they do a bunch of different art, and the art I have on my wall specifically is, is some PlayStation art. And it's awesome because if you go to, to their profile, they basically have probably like – I don't know, like probably like nine to 12 different PlayStation arts. I think Barrett's probably coming up on him in a second. Yeah, they're here. Um, and uh, they themed the PlayStation art to be the different buttons on the PlayStation controller. And so you have the Spider-Man, or the regular Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man art that he has here that is under the X. And that's one of the ones I have on my, on my wall. That's the, the third one that I have displayed uh, from the left side. Uh, then you have this Detroit Become Human one, which also has the PlayStation X to it. You have the Ghost of Shima one, which also has the PlayStation X to it. But as you go through, it has a God of War one, which is the mm-hmm. O button. Uh, and, a bu- and a bunch of different art like this, right? The Bloodborne one, which I have. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. What is this button? Up? Just let him go. Just let him go. Do, what is L- this Wait, what did I say? Oh, circle? Oh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I say O. We, people already get upset between the X and the cross. We can't just start doing O and circle, all right? Are we not going to? Are we going to act like O is an inappropriate way to describe the shape? It's an O. Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to really quick. I just want to point out Jossie G in the chat uh, who put in quotes: "If Disney didn't exist, Hanna Barbera would be the best animation studio." Which you guys is like great so people with your next gen podcast. Great oh callback! What yeah. a great episode! I feel so good about that episode too because on the episode itself, we talked about how that that podcast is just Twitter drafts the show, <laughs> where not enough people are going to listen to that show to make. Our hot takes matter as much, and so we get to go off. Uh, so if you want that uncensored kind of funny content, kind of funny next-gen podcast. But yeah, no, Aslars has a lot of amazing art here, and I wanted to shout them out because uh, that's the art that's displaying on my wall. If you want to buy it, you can go over to Aslars store uh, and do that. 
Uh, if you also want to do me a favor while you're on Instagram.com slash Blessing Junior, uh, 15 weeks ago, his, he put up these shoes for Fuser, and there's just nine comments on that. I didn't want to do it on the Game Wars. Go into that post and just comment, get an iPhone. Because I just did it. Oh, God, no. Like, now, if we can start, this if one? we start it, yeah, that's the one. But he's, he has, I mean, he why is there a drop a follow also? I don't have that many Instagram followers. He hasn't been posting that much during uh, the pandemic. So, blessing second I've, post. I've yeah. never posted on Instagram, period. I post <laughs> like is, once every few months on Instagram. Yeah, oh, this I, is I, where I we're going to do it. Lulu uh, pictures at this point once every like four weeks. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI Love You XOXO. Each and every week, Blessing and I come together to nerd out about all things PlayStation. Uh, if you like that, you can head over to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where, of course, you can be part of the show. You can give us your questions, your comments, your concerns, everything under the PlayStation sun. Then, of course, you can get the show ad-free and... You can be a Patreon producer, and you can get the post show we do each and every week on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can even be watching live as we record the show right now, just like Ryan is, Demetrius is, Torbanak is. Uh, of course, Torbanak here in the chat says he just got laid off. So all the love to you, Torbanak. Um, remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you have no bucks, toss our way on Patreon. It's no big deal. You can go to youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every week to get a brand spanking new episode for you. Uh, some housekeeping for you. The latest episode of The Blessing Show is live right now on YouTube. Blessing interviews the creator of Manifold Garden and breaks down what's up with puzzles, games, and puzzle games. <laughs> what was that like? I, you know, Obviously, we love The Blessing Show here. Uh, your video essay show funded by Patreon, one of the things we're doing, like a pilot season of or whatever, every other Thursday, youtube.com slash games only on youtube.com slash games. I've liked this one, uh, Bless, because it was you stretching, I think, uh, what the show can be. Right now, the format has been you talking straight to the camera, right, and going through something you've written, whereas this was you actually talking to a game creator. Is that something you want to keep exploring? Yeah, no, that's the thing that, that I really like about this episode in particular, because I, I forget who pointed it out, but somebody pointed out uh, last week that this one is actually an essay, whereas, you know, I've kind of bounced back and forth between The Blessing Show being video features versus video essays, where video features, I feel like, are more so a, here's an op-ed, or here's just a, a, uh, a quick wrap-up of a certain topic in video games, and not necessarily breaking anything, uh, or not nece- not necessarily analyzing or doing any sort of deep dives it's more so a hey here's me talking about star wars and video games here's me talking about uh hitman and io interactive and why they're going to make a great 007 game this one in particular is actually me talking to a developer uh a creator of manifold guard which is one of my favorite puzzle games of the last year one of my favorite games last year uh getting to talk to him and actually like kind of have the back and forth and explore what are the elements of a puzzle game that are going to make for a great video game uh and yeah i think that one definitely stretches what the what the show can be um i'm very excited to kind of continue to do that because i do want to i do want to interview more because i think it adds uh and um, it adds great perspective but then also it gets kind of stretched that muscle for me um and the, inter- the interview honestly with william cheer who is the developer of manifold garden that video uh, that inter- that interview is going to go up in full uh later oh, nice. this week yeah, on Thursday because it, the interview was so good. It was it, like a thirty minutes. It was minute so long good, interview. and like I helped uh, record that. And the way we had to like weirdly record it is like on my side, I was just uh, filming Williams' stuff, so I had a mute blessing, so I could only hear Williams' responses. Like I didn't even hear like what blessing was asking him. And even just listening to William, I was like, "This is really cool shit uh, that is being discussed here." And I'm only hearing half of the conversation, so I'm really excited that the entire thing is being posted. 
Yeah, and I highly recommend like go play. It's gonna the interview is gonna be more focused on uh, Manifold Garden, and it was one of those ones where we didn't even realize that we we're gonna upload the whole thing. The conversation was just just so good that afterwards, like I'll, me and Bear were just like, yeah, that whole thing has to go up. Uh, and so definitely check that one out. I, I recommend checking out Manifold Garden. You don't even have to beat it; just play it, just so you have an idea of what it is, and then go listen to that thing because it is. I am very excited for people to get to 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 uh, dig into that and, and listen to it. You finished Maquette, right? We're gonna talk about that later. Yes. Good. I have questions uh, related Manifold Garden to Maquette about it, but I'll save it for that. Uh, for right now, I'll tell you to be like our Patreon producers at Dananobiologist, aka Mick Abramson, uh, Tyler Ross, Joy, aka Joseph O. Youssef, Trent Barry, Mizuki, uh, Man Bear Paradox, Julian the Gluten Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, Sancho West Gaming, James Hastings, Elliot, Casey Kern. Also, be like Hey Ray Plays, who went to Instagram.com slash Blessing Junior and said, Get it. an iPhone on the shoe photo, the second shoe photo you know the first shoe photo is second post not the future class one uh we're sponsored today by every plate and honey but i'll tell you about that later for now let's start with the topic of the show uh so this is one of those weeks where you know what are we gonna do we come in talk about ratchet fighting a chicken or whatever no you know what i mean like i'm sure playstation's gonna announce tomorrow playstation 6 and it's a handheld and it's got vr built into it but for now we were uh, talking about playstation 5 and we're talking about concrete genie uh today of course that's gonna be uh the book club we told you to play last week on play or last month on playstation plus uh we're gonna talk about that we're gonna go through the questions we're gonna do this stuff but we had an interesting thought starter here so the topic of the show is this blessing eddie oye jr how will history remember the first year of PlayStation 5? To begin, we will start w- with Marty Primit, who wrote into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, Hey guys, I was wondering, are you guys playing a lot of PlayStation 5 games on your PlayStation 5? I've been mostly using it for backwards compatibility, and I might have, one, and I might have only actually played about five PlayStation 5 games. I'm not complaining about it. I actually enjoy being able to go through my black backlog without switching. This will tie into a question from Sam in a little bit. That'll get us back to the topic of the show. But starting here, Blessing, what is your breakdown, Ben, of PlayStation 5 versus PlayStation 4 games? I want to say it's been about half and half. Okay. Um, when I saw this question, I went through and tried to list the PlayStation 5 games that I played a substantial amount of, whether I beat yeah. it or I played enough of it to say that, okay, yeah, I definitely, I, I played a lot of this game on PlayStation 5, and the list pretty much goes Bug Snacks, Astro, uh, Pathless, Mouse, Sackboy, Demon Souls, which I still got to play a little bit more of. I feel like that's kind of stretching it for this list, but Hitman 3, Fortnite, Pedestrian, Maquette, and the list pretty much stops there. And I have other PlayStation 5 games, uh, either in my library or installed, but it's not... It's not a substantial list of PlayStation 5 games that I've played, right? Like, I'm sure. looking through the ones I have uh, in my collection here, and it's stuff like... Oh, Black House Cold War actually did play quite a bit. And then I also have, like, Neo, uh, Neo 2 because of that collection. I have uh, a lot of remasters, and so stuff like Mortal Kombat 11, um, Watch Dogs Legion, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Warframe, Borderlands 3. But a lot of these I've not touched. A lot of those I added to my collection with the idea that, okay, I'm going to get to these, and I, I, I didn't necessarily play. But then when I look through games that I have played, right, like I've been playing a lot of games like Sekiro or Warzone. I, I jumped back into Dreams recently for quite a bit. Uh, I re-downloaded Absolver, right? And like, like I'm naming a lot of games here between both like PS5 and PS4, right? Like yeah. the, the ratio has kind of been going back and forth, but I'm not necessarily upset about that. I feel like looking through the list of PS5 games that I have played... For where we're at in March 2021, I feel like 
it's been a pretty good number. You know, like I, I, I when you compare where we're at in the PS5 uh, gen versus where the PS4 was at in its first, let's say, half year, I feel like this is kind of a good place to be with the games that I just listed. Yeah, I was when I heard the question, when I read the question and went into it, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, shit, is it going? It, have I dominated uh, so far my PlayStation 5 time with PlayStation 4? And so I went to PSN profiles and made a list there, right? And so of all the games I've played so far since the PlayStation 5's launch, or we got our PlayStation 5, it's been 18 PlayStation 5 games, 24 PlayStation 4 games. And that number, of course, is misleading. I'm going off of uh, the PSN profiles and just going PS5, PS4, PS5, PS4. So, like, there's stuff on there of, like, when I uh, turned on Destiny on PlayStation 5 just to pop the other Platinum. Like, that doesn't... I mean, I, it's to your point earlier, what you've actually invested time in. All 18 of these PS5 games have not been things I've really invested in. But even then, I'd argue something like The Division, which I came back for for... God, I don't know how many hours in the past month or whatever, or whatever it's been since they launched the, the patch of it. I guess just a month, right? Is that right? So, yeah. Uh, coming back to the division and playing all that. Granted, that's a PlayStation 4 game that I'm playing, but the reason I'm coming back is, or was coming back, was the PlayStation 5 enhancements and getting it in 4K and getting it in 60. So I think that kind of would lean the other way. Not that it matters for this argument, because it is, again, looking through the list of games and going, all right, what have I actually invested time in? I think you see a lot of stuff. At the launch of the console, uh, you know, you're talking about your bug snacks, you're talking about Miles Morales, you're talking about Assassin's Creed, which kind of straddles the line because I started on PlayStation 4 and switched over. But then since the new year going into it, right, it had things I've really sunk my teeth into, like Bloodborne or Judgment, Cyberpunk, platinuming that, right? Like those are obviously PlayStation 4 games. Uh, and even now with stuff like uh, uh, Oya or whatever, or what, how, do I, how do we say It's like Olia, but with O. So Olia. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Yes. Olia, I already right. forgot. It's, it's, I think it's, it's Olia because I thought yeah. it was Elijah and Olia. I think is where we, where we landed. And so yeah, it's been. I think even though the number is closer than I would have told you it would have been, you know, twenty four to eighteen, I still think most of the time has been in PlayStation Four games that you'd see me investing the most time into those in terms of what I'm actually addicted to and playing and wanting to see credit, credits roll on and stuff to that effect. Which, to your point, uh, bless, and to Marty's point, I'm not mad about. Like I think what's fascinating about this is that when we were talking in the run-up to PlayStation 5, we were having this conversation that it was this console that isn't, you know, the PlayStation 4 Pro, but has a lot of the smackings of the PlayStation 4 Pro, where you're going to buy it, and then it's just going to become your unit. It's You're going to be playing games you're already playing, or things that are coming to PlayStation 4, but getting the inherent uh, benefits of a PlayStation 5, whether they be, you know, faster load times, better visuals, whatever it's going to be, or performance modes, things like that. And so this has been an interesting console generation shift because if you were to compare this to, all right, cool. If they announced uh, a PlayStation 5 that was similar to a PlayStation 4, where it was going to be, hey, you know, the games, there is no backwards compatibility. You're, you know, you're going to have to start all over here. It is interesting then to think about how I would still have a PlayStation 4 hooked up next to my PlayStation 5. I would still be turning on my PlayStation 4 all the time to play the games I'm talking about and talk about the games that I've invested in, where the PlayStation 5 has been an ecosystem shift. Yes. I, might, I, I think when I look at where we're at with the PlayStation 5 in terms of games, I think I'm, I'm, okay, with, I'm okay with where it's at, mainly because, one, there's not that many PlayStation 5s out there, right? Mm -hmm. I think the last time we checked up on it, it uh, we were at 4.5 million PlayStation 5s sold. And we're still at a place where over 100 million people have PlayStation 4s. 
right? And so like that that transition from last gen to this gen is going to happen slowly. It's going to be a slow burn. I think even compared to generations past, uh, because of that, you know, large gap in terms of numbers of people who have these consoles. Uh, but then also, right, like it takes time to get games on the new platform. It takes time to totally. even uh uh motivate companies to want to put their games on a new platform because right now the main reason if if you're if you're a studio and you want to put a game on the ps5 the main reasons why you're doing that is one maybe you want to take advantage of the new hardware features maybe you want to pl- uh, put out a game that feels like it pushes the limits of what the console can do um or maybe you have a deal with playstation so that people so uh, so that you can get uh that partnership going so that playstation can sell more ps5s and you get paid in the back end or what however, however that goes um or you want to be one of the one of the uh, studios to say that hey we have a game on the PlayStation Five. Like I feel like th- those are the few reasons why you would want to have a PlayStation Five game right now if you're a studio. And with that being the case, like I understand why uh, there wouldn't be as many. And even with that, when you look at the games that are coming to to, to PlayStation Five, uh, coming off of our PlayStation Plus conversation last week, especially, you're seeing a pretty a pretty steady flow of games coming through. You know whether mm-hmm. it be maquette or whether it be odd world soul storm coming up like sure we're, we're it seems like monthly we're getting uh uh at least a few games that are coming to ps5 that are being promoted by playstation right you can even throw in destruction all-stars and quality is like shifting you know between all sure, the games sure, that sure, I'm sure, listing. Sure. but the games are there and to go back to the original question of the topic of the show right how how will history remember year one of the playstation 5 like i mean if 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 Things pan out the way that PlayStation plans, or at least like the the in in the way we see, right? With what's uh-huh. announced, if Ratchet hits, Horizon hits, God of War hits, Deathloop hits, it's it's gonna it's gonna be the best year one of a PlayStation console. Well, here's now, an interesting question on that uh-huh. front. Then Sam writes into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and says, first a quick story. I had a horrible nightmare last night where you guys announced PS I Love You was going to be wrapping up at the end of the year. It was incredibly upset. I woke up and started checking your Twitter feeds to make sure I didn't miss anything. Don't you dare ever do that to you. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere, right, Bless? I make no right, promises. Right, Bless? I make no promises. <laughs> <laughs> you can never tell what's going to happen. Uh, here's my question, Sam continues. Last year was widely regarded as a great year for PlayStation with a few huge exclusives and a successful launch. Do you think people will be saying the same thing about this year? There are going to be tons of COVID delays and stuff, but I wonder if Sony is still going to be able to pull off a solid year. Blessing back to you as you were in the middle of answering this question before I got asked. Yeah. I mean, how do you define a solid year? I Here's my thing. I think regardless of PlayStation 5, the, 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 you're, I would say take it to the bank. You're guaranteed a solid year. Like, I think third party stuff, you know, the general crossover stuff. Again, what I think is so interesting about this conversation, piggybacking off of, you know, how many PlayStation 5 games have you really played on your PlayStation 5, is that I don't think there's as much a, oh man, I'm playing this PlayStation 4 game on my PlayStation 5. I don't feel like that there, there's that mentality right now. I feel like there's this mentality of, in the same way Xbox talks about the Xbox ecosystem, if you have a PlayStation 5, you're suddenly talking about the PlayStation ecosystem. To the point when we review codes, or when we request codes now, I don't even bother saying if, I want to, if it's a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5. I just say, can I get a PlayStation code? Which is a very weird thing to say, because obviously some games are not on both, some games are, yada, yada, yada. But it's the idea that it's just going to get me with a game I need to play on it no matter what. I'm going to get to the... It's, I'm still in the same system. I'm still playing the same thing. I'm where it needs to be. And 
I feel like with that mentality of looking at it as a platform, you're getting two consoles worth of games. And like, yes, there's going to be games that are straddling line doing both, but you're going to have these things on PlayStation five that are exclusive Ratchet's coming, right? No matter what horizon, God of war. I don't know. Ratchet for sure is going to make it this year. And that's a PlayStation five thing. But then if you have all these other PlayStation four games uh, that are coming over, you have your back for blood. You have these things that are third party. You have whatever Ubisoft's going to have up their sleeve for everything. I think you're going to have a solid year, no matter what. Yes. That's my thing is, you know, if, if we want to say there's a difference between a solid year and a banger year, right? Like, uh, that, I'm going to say a banger year would be if God of War and Horizon, all that stuff, did hit this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't think PlayStation this year needs a banger year. I don't think the first year of at least these consoles that we're talking about, the PlayStation 5 or the X, and, or even bringing the Xbox, right? But let's focus on PlayStation 5. I don't think the first year of the PlayStation 5 needs to be a banger year. Uh, in, at, at least in first party, because when you look at the purpose of first party for PlayStation, right, the goal for the goal there is to sell consoles. You put out games like God of War, you put out games like Horizon, you do that stuff in order to sell people on consoles. Right now, there are no consoles to sell. They're not manufacturing these things at a rate where it, uh, where people are able to show up at the store, right, and they're and they're able to 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 get them in people's hands. People are searching for for consoles ravenously, and so whether or not PlayStation puts out God of War toward the end of this year. That's not really going to matter for console sales. If anything, them shifting God of War to next year is probably going to make for a more steady flow of first-party releases over the course of the next few years uh, to where I could see that panning out maybe even better better for them. Uh, in terms of solid year, yeah, I'm right with you, Gre- Greg, that I I, I think there's, there's little chance that, is, that it is not a solid year for PlayStation, especially if... Like Ratchet and Clank, I'm gonna say is gonna hit. You know, I think there is very little chance that somehow that gets delayed into a different year. I think yeah. that's gonna hit Horizon. You know, we'll see. I think Horizon's gonna hit God of War. I doubt. Um, but say those games do hit, and then you also have third parties coming through with you. Imagine a, I was gonna say Assassin's Creed, maybe not Assassin's Creed this year, but your Call of Duties, your Far, Far Cry's announced, your Far Cry games, your, uh, you know, what else, whatever else you want to expect. Battlefield is planned for this year, right? Like. Mm-hmm. If that stuff comes through and again hits, it's going to be a solid year for PlayStation. And I think that I think that's one that that I think we'll all be able to hold hands on and be like, cool. You know, twenty twenty one was that first year of PlayStation where where everything was pretty much fine. You know, and that built into probably stronger years down the road. Yeah, and I think it goes back to a point you were making earlier of what do you expect out of a console's first year? And traditionally, you don't expect much. I think the fact that PlayStation 5 is able to lean on this PlayStation 4 library, whether it be old games, new games, PlayStation Plus collection, whatever you want to put in there, means that this year will be better for PlayStation 5 than it would have if it wasn't. If this was a machine uh, we had picked up in November, right? And here we are next November, this November coming up on it, and you go back and my list of right now 18 PlayStation 5 games has only expanded to 30 has only expanded, you know what I mean, has only, has, you know, increased with something like Returnal or whatever, but not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more things that are actually being made for it. You know, you stumbled on it earlier of, like, this is a sales thing, right, where there are these publishers and developers who want to get their games to the most people. So, of course, they're putting them on a PlayStation 4 because guess what? It'll play on your PlayStation 5. Like, there's been a lot of... Uh, uh, simplicity added to the equation here and I think that only benefits us and I think it only benefits what people think of PlayStation 5 when they look back the fact that PlayStation 5 is still in such demand and still is you know like we, you, you always joke about it but I see it too now that I've been using TikTok more people tick- making TikToks and memes about the PlayStation 5 like in reality how, what are you missing out on by not having a PlayStation 5 right now 
Again, better loads, prettier games, Miles Morales, things like that. But it's not it's not a, a life changer getting the PlayStation 5, right? It, again, it's that PlayStation 4 Pro conversation we had earlier. Like, it's just a higher-end system that does what you already want it to do. It does what you're already using the PlayStation 4 better. It, it, it's making, you know, your experience in the PlayStation ecosystem better. And I think at the end of the year, when we look back, they'll be obviously hard-hitting, like, where is this game? Where is that thing? When you, This conversation, again, of how many PlayStation 5, true PlayStation 5 games do we play this year? If the number isn't bigger, you do have that, well, like, it didn't have that much, but I still think the ease of use, the quality of life, the simplicity they've added to it will speak loudly. Yeah. I think the easy comparison to make of the opposite situation would be nintendo especially with the switch where you look at that switch's first year was a banger year right like you launched with legend of zelda breath of the wild you have splatoon 2 you have mario odyssey you have a bunch you have xenoblade chronicles 2 a bunch of games that people are looking forward to right and like that was probably one of nintendo's hottest years of all times in terms of the games that are coming to that system and that was a that was a launch year that was also coming coming off of a console of theirs that only sold 13 million right nintendo was in a place where they were re- they're ready to, to bring in a whole new audience into the switch right they're ready to make that jump wholeheartedly whereas playstation is just not in that same situation you know like again it's uh, over 100 million ps4s versus what is probably now around 5 million ps5s out in the wild it's good it's definitely gonna be a, a a slow burn with that and with that being the case yeah i definitely understand why this year uh wouldn't 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 end up being the the uh banger year that maybe we either would expect you know especially with the god of war and all that stuff being announced but again like i think it's fine for the reasons you also said right of like what are you looking for forward to out of your next gen like what is the reason to pick up ps5 you know you got 4k you got all that stuff but uh that's stuff that you can wait on right like it's, yeah. we're, it's still gonna be a few years so we get games that are truly think, taking advantage of it yeah yeah like taking advantage of the ps5 and yeah, I think, you know, you talk about the, ju- you, you said very interestingly that, you know, the switch is had to come out and find a brand new audience that had to f- bring people to Nintendo in a way it didn't PlayStation. I know you'd always say this, but PlayStation's MO with PlayStation five. And I think even right now, if you stop and think about what you use your PlayStation five for what you see when you turn it on, how it all works, this is the most I've seen. in. let me think. This seems like the most seamless example of let's keep the momentum, right? It isn't a hard stop. And I mean, everybody would say if you're number one in the generation before, let's keep the momentum. But in previous generations of get a new box and have to buy all new games and have to, you know, your old shit doesn't carry over or it does, but it's more expensive and yada, yada, yada. PlayStation and PlayStation 5 have seemed to be as seamless as possible. And let's let's keep the momentum. Let's, the reason people are so crazed about the PlayStation 5 is that it's better. It's a better version of what they already have and what they already love. And the fact that you can keep make, make people that ravenous for it, right? I mean, like, the Wii was sold out everywhere and crazy because it seemed like a brand new way to play video games. It brought in this brand new audience. PlayStation 5 is sold out everywhere and in such high demand because people already have a PlayStation 4 and they think this looks awesome. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. 1,000%. Blessing. Great. We're doing Actually, dual topic. Before yeah, we move on, I want to yeah. have one more question for you. Please, please, please. Do you think by the end of the year you will end up playing more PlayStation 5 games than PS4 games. No. Really? Yeah, do you? I don't know. 
I, I think, think it'll I don't be, be that settle half and, uh, that um, steady half and a half for me. See, if I would think it'd be different, but again, back to my keeping the momentum thing is that since the launch and that pa PlayStation Five games in the front, it's been play, PlayStation Four running away with it. When I was do, I actually did it uh, by hand over there with a notepad, and you know, early on, I was like, oh my god, I put look at the PlayStation Five is dominating PlayStation Four, and then it feels like we got to the new year, and that's where I was just like PlayStation Four, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Four, and I don't see that ending. I think you're going to continue to see playstation 4 be where games are dropping and i'm getting into them and i'm jumping in and playing them even though i'll be playing on my playstation 5 and then as you get towards the end of the year that's when you'll see more of the triple a big budget stuff that's going okay cool we're doing playstation 5 versions we're going you know big with this i think indies won't be as quick with the outside of the ones who have already you know done a deal of something to jump to that playstation 5 thing because again if your game already looks and runs as good as it possibly can on playstation 4 what's the benefit to trying to do something special for playstation 5 again for 5 million users when you're talking about more than a hundred thousand on the other side no I can, I, I can see that i hope we i hope we get a wave of remasters and upgrades for playstation 4 games you know because like the the big reason i'm going back and playing ps4 games nowadays is usually for either if something is released new and it's on ps4 and that's the case for uh a lot of indie stuff and then like a lot of third-party stuff in general but uh also for games like overwatch and apex and warzone and all of the the servicey type games or the, the live service games that we've that we've been playing over the years oh we see more and more of those games make their way to ps ps5 because for me that's the kind of the biggest uh tug i have toward the, the those older versions and i those those are the ones where the subtle things like performance modes and 4k support and ray tracing and all that stuff uh can make that subtle difference specifically performance being being the biggest thing like you know that's been the thing i've been enjoying so much especially playing uh games like black ops cold war i've been playing a lot of zombies uh uh, because re and danny pena have been obsessed with zombies and they've get they've been roping me into it and playing zombies on the ps5 version of black ops cold war versus playing uh warzone is a bit of night and day in terms of jumping into jumping into cold war and being like wow this game is bright colorful runs smoothly feels amazing to play on my dual sense and all this stuff and jump into war zone and i'm like oh yeah this is brown and kind of ugly and uh you know doesn't have the or and all that stuff i hope we see i hope we see that stuff by the end of uh, of this year get ported over more and and more and it feels kind of a weird wish because towards that the beginning of the ps4 generation i feel like everybody had the fatigue of remasters because remasters are happening left and right but i'm in that place right now where i'm like give them to me because the P- well, playing you- ps5 versions of games is is really fun for me and that's an interesting thing and i don't i think it's to an extent apples and oranges right where it's like there's a difference between a remake or a remaster or whatever for you know a playstation 3 game to a playstation 4 game versus hey here's this games as a service this game you're playing online this game that still has this incredibly long tail that we're making a playstation 5 version 4 that's and i would think that if you are doing a live service game right now that clock is ticking as well for you and it's i i don't see why you wouldn't if you're a successful uh, live service game because of course it's another pr beat for you it is another audience for you to get in it is that you know how many times have we seen it where a game you know i guess yeah even let's just use the division two right like a game I played the wheels off of Platinum loved. They dropped Warlords of New York. I played it and loved it. And then I fell off of it. But then to have them go, hey, we're putting out the PlayStation 5 version 
I had so many people come for the first time or come back and play with me. And that is that thing of like, you see those numbers spike. You see it was enough with division uh, when everybody came back and played it, that they came out like, okay, cool. We were going to end here, but we will keep making more content. We're going to keep working on it. They put out a statement on Friday, right? Of like, Hey, we're working on it, but it's not going to be ready till late 2021 at the earliest. Cause of course when we're doing, it'll be a brand new game. But yeah, like, you can find another audience in that, another uh, 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 breath of life, another influx of players, another you know monthly concurrent bump up there that you want. And so you look at any game that is a live service game and you wonder if they're going to do it. And if they're not, what are they saying about the health of their game, right? Like, you know, it's, you know, as I talk about the division, uh, next week, of course, Avengers is dropping its PlayStation 5 version with Hawkeye. Like, I, I do look at my games that I have on there and I look at DC Universe Online and I'm like, huh. Like, are you, is, is we, GCUO this year, right? So, yes, in January, celebrated its 10th anniversary. And so you look at it, you're like, huh, that's cool. Like, that's awesome. But, like, that would have been a good time to announce the PlayStation 5 version. And so the fact that you didn't announce the PlayStation 5 version, like, do you, mm-hmm. how committed, what's the, D, and like, I don't know. I have no idea. And it's like, I hope that they come out and say, hey, guess what? PlayStation 5 version, off to the races, everybody go play. And then it, it would be the same thing, right? Where, I'm sure there'd be a bunch of people who downloaded it for the first time and I'd be out there running around again, flying around as Taylor Swift. But that for me is, as we talk about these live service games, as you talk about games as a service, as you talk about ongoing engagement with players and history, like there are so many games like that that I feel most gamers, not most, I shouldn't say that, lots of gamers have that one game that is their thing that they keep on their hard drive that they come back to and they want to play over and over again. And all it ever takes is, an event, a sale, or whatever, to get you to say, hey, why don't you come and try it for the first time? And putting it on PlayStation 5, giving it that version would be perfect for so many games. You ready now? I am ready. All right, cool. Like we said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is a dual topic of the show for you. There was that one. Uh, but let's talk about Concrete Genie. Of course, Concrete Genie uh, is the game from Pixel Opus, originally, uh, Opus, I said Opus, uh, Opus, uh, originally released in October 2019. I adored it back then, platinumed it, had such a great time with it. And when it came to PlayStation Plus last month, we said, hey, why don't we continue the momentum? that we had by all of us playing Bloodborne for a month uh, to jump into Concrete Genie and have everyone play there. Blessing. This is an interesting role reversal because for the Bloodborne month in January, you, of course, had played a bl- bunch of Bloodborne already. You'd beaten Bloodborne. You were doing the DLC. You knew it so well. People had heard you on the show talk so much about Bloodborne. This time around, Concrete Genie is a game I've, I banged the drum for so much in 2019, let alone just in general uh, ever since playing it, right, and getting the first taste of it and seeing stuff of it. Where are you with Concrete Genie? Was this your first time playing Concrete Genie? Yes, I had booted up Concrete Genie a few times, and I would play the first about 15 minutes of it and then get sidetracked or just, like, not be in the mood for it and then hop Mm -hmm. out of it. Uh, And so this is my first time actually playing through Concrete Genie. And, you know, I I, I sat down. I probably played in about three or four sittings. Uh, And it's it's, it's that perfect length for me where it, it took about maybe five hours uh to beat you know which was nice uh and i enjoyed myself i didn't i didn't absolutely love it but i did i did like it a lot like i I like it as a small unique uh experience that does some fun interesting stuff with both its uh its themes and its stories but then also kind of mixes that up with unique gameplay where you would go through uh there would be you'd be basically like this this small town or this small district of a town that's been 
abandoned and it's it's pretty much like it's colorless right there's the there are these uh genies that like you find in a uh, in a lighthouse and you go meet the genies and the genies kind of help you bring color and painting to the to the town you use that to kind of color uh, color things up and while that's happening you're being chased by kids uh very yeah, again like yeah you're being chased by bullies very unique premise for the game but i thought the way in which they they pulled pull, pulled it off was uh you know cool and novel i so I got I got like a list of things that I wrote down because I took notes while 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 Love I was it. playing uh, because it's such a u- unique one. Um, but the biggest the biggest biggest compliments I'll give to the game are what it does with the story and its art style. The art mm. style is very much a storybook, colorful, uh, 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 like hand drawn animated style to it. If the way I always think of it is, it feels tactile. Like when you're yeah. actually in the game play, it's I, I'm right there with you. Where it, it almost feels like that uh, that crunch of paper you have when you turn a storybook, that thick paper stock you use when you're looking through a kid's book with beautiful art in it. And then on top of that, the thing that always stood out to me is you know having looked at it, been interested in it, thought it looked cool from gameplay perspective. The first cutscene I ever hit in Concrete Genie, when the face animates the way it animates, it was like, oh my gosh, like this is way better than i thought it would be and even the way they then play with uh you know they have that for they have this you know uh, animated uh uh for present day stuff but when you get backstories for the bullies or for uh ash himself right it's that hand it's again hand drawn where it's like a, a different kind of story so there's all these different mix of art styles that make it feel like such a wonderful magical whimsical storybook place yeah exactly and i think the way that that uh, that drives home the story, which is you going through and finding this big, big old magical pr- paintbrush and painting the t- painting the town. I think that kind of uplifts that whole thing. Um, you know, that is really awesome. I think there's there's a certain warmth that the game has uh, mm-hmm. in its story and characters that is really nice because you are you start off the game getting bullied by these other kids that are in town and that are that are hanging out, uh, and that eventually kind of leads to you. You know, continually having interactions with these kids and eventually learning more about them, and that culminates all uh, in, uh, in a in a fun last hour of the game where that whole, all that stuff kind of turns, um, which I appreciate. Um, and then yeah, also, quick, there's... Ben, you all were asked to write in, you know, if you did your homework over here. Uh, ben wrote into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and says that, yeah, what a wholesome game. Definitely made my 2020 easier. And that's always, you know, when I originally reviewed it back on the Gamescast, that was something I talked about at length too, right? Of like, it gave me the same vibes as Unfinished Swan did back in the day, of like feeling like I was wrapped in a blanket with a cup of hot cocoa. Like this was a story that was being told to me and you see Ash struggling with these bullies and stuff, but you see through the magic of the genies, you know, this is going to end positively and it does that way. Yeah. Now did, did you replay it for the uh, book club? I touched it, but I didn't like, I didn't like to do another full playthrough. Concrete genie is very much one of those games. That's right here for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like to yeah. jump back into those moments, like it hit on such an uh, emotional level for me and caught me off guard uh, in terms of, I, I, again, pixel Opus, I've known for a while. I like their stuff, but I, I, this one, exceeded my expectations for what this game was going to be having seen it at you know playstation uh stuff and uh, seen it in presentations and things like that so like it's always stuck with me and i think you know i always talked about it right with when i finally platinum well, not even when i finally when i platinumed concrete genie it was one of those games that you know people always talk about like you know what would you love to erase from memory and play again as soon as i did it that it finished it that was how i felt about it where it was oh man i got the platinum that's great but it still was that thing of like oh man now there's no reason to play it because I beat the story obviously hours before, but then it's running around trying to figure out the genies, you know, not riddles, but you know, problems on the walls to get the trophies yeah, to pop the to thing. Do. And I think I was playing it before 
I think I platinumed it before it released, so I was doing all this without a guide or anything like that, right? And like, just the uh, you know, I enjoyed the exploration of the town, right? Because you look at it, it, this was I think what the hardest part was, and why I'm so glad it was a PlayStation Plus game. Looking at stuff for it, looking at trailers when they would show it, you're like, what is this game? So it's just drawing. Okay, I don't know if I would dig that, but to play it and have it be no, no, it's third person it is climb around the city you know it was funny because uh ash looks so much like delson from second son and then yeah. as you get into it it still kind of is second son as you scale up buildings and try to go find things to tag and then it's unlocking genies and then it's this and then you know by the end of it of getting your skate shoes right or your paint shoes and being able to glide around and like i already enjoyed the gameplay before then just exploring let alone to then have this new mechanic of how to go around and have it be easier than ever and the way the environments look different to different you know different Different. the way the environments change and look you know different depending on if you're you know in the sewers or above ground or over there having to deal with the oil and things like that like i i i love concrete genie because it's so wholesome because it is mm-hmm. i thought fun in every direction it pulled me but like why did you not think it was amazing so i I, I echo all, all of what you said in terms of like the, the the warmth and how emotionally resonant it was and all that stuff. I think the, where the game for me started to to break down was uh, in terms of gameplay, where the first half of the game I felt pretty lost in terms of what the structure was and, and in terms of you know how what am I supposed to do in this town, right? I'm going. I'm you're basically you basically go from section to section in the town, and your whole thing is you need to paint uh, the walls mm-hmm. uh, uh, with your magical paint stuff uh when you're doing that (laughs) there are lights at the top of the walls that you're painting that light up and uh once all those lights light up that then marks completion that was the thing that i felt was not communicated well in the game at all and so for the for the first section i was basically running around trying to figure out all right what am i doing wrong you would have the genies that would be on the walls that would request certain things from you uh and i'll try to figure out how to get genies to either give me the super paint so i could paint over the parts of the the walls that i wouldn't be able to paint before or help me out by clicking a switch or whatever but it wasn't always clear when i wanted the genie to hit the switch or not hit the switch sure. and so like a lot a lot of that stuff i felt was like weirdly communicated and then also when you open up the menu for uh when you when you open up your your map you know that's supposed to tell you what the the lights are that you've done what the lights are that you haven't done uh where certain things in the map are and i felt like that the map ui was not uh was also just not clear once i understood sure. it that all that stuff switched and that was probably halfway through the game where i was like okay i fully get this now i understand when the lights are on i understand when the lights are off i understand what this means i understand what that means all that stuff took me a while to figure out and i feel like they could have tutorialized that stuff uh sure. Uh, a lot more and now that's where a lot of my frustration early on in the game came from there are also quite a few stealth sections in the game where you are hiding from the kids that were bullying you and for what we're talking about about how warm the game is and how that stuff ends up culminating towards the end in this uh switch around that that makes for this uh i think i i think moments that are really you know emotionally resonant and well done from a here's how we wrap this stuff up the uh, this stuff up and add redemption to a lot of these characters toward the very beginning of the game i was having a bad time <laughs> with those bullies i didn't like <laughs> i didn't like their attitude i felt kind of taken down by them and i know that's kind of the point of them being bullies but uh that's not early fun, on right? yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah it definitely wasn't fun and it especially wasn't fun in the stealth sections where I'd be having points where I'm like, cool, I just want to paint the wall. I just yeah. want to paint this one wall and I have to figure out how to paint this wall because there's 
purple stuff here that's preventing me from painting it. I also got to figure out what this genie wants for me so that that'll hopefully open up me <laughs> painting the wall. And every time I come over here, these kids come through and they bully me and the and you realize that the thing you're supposed to do is lure them away. But even when I would do that, you know, sometimes that fail, sometimes they just come right back and bully me again and they'll take my brush and throw it away. And honestly, like that that stuff made me feel uh uh, uh, real bad sometimes. <laughs> like there'd be points in the game where I'm like, man, fuck these guys, man. I wish I, could, I wish there was combat so I can knock these dudes out. Like honestly, <laughs> that's how I felt uh, at certain times. And so that stuff kind of got uh, in the way for me a bit. Sure. Dan Hansen like, wrote into patreoncom slash games just like you can. It says, "So much working my way through, but having to hide from the bullies gets me going with anxiety. I don't usually play games with an emphasis on stealth, so it's a bit of a turnoff." Yeah, and I then yeah, it's, for me it's definitely added to that same amount of anxiety. And I love stealth in games. Like I'm, I'm, I, I usually enjoy that stuff. But I think I enjoy it more when there's stealth plus options. And so like when you're playing a Metal Gear Solid or you're playing a Dishonored or a Hitman or whatever other stealth game, usually you're doing stealth so that you can hide while you're planning your next move, or you can plant something over here to lure somebody over there so that when they come back they trip over this thing. Yeah, that's yeah. when I love stealth the most. And this game's stealth is pretty much like a hey, hide from your bullies, <laughs> run and hide. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't find that as fun. Um, and thankfully, I think towards later on in the game, there the, there come sections where bullies become less of a problem. And those those were the moments where I, where I started enjoying the the actual playing of the game a, a lot more. Yeah, so one of the things that another on the bully front before we get too far away, uh, the Cakers man wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, I enjoyed my playthrough of Concrete Genie, but it ran into one of my least favorite story tropes. By being kind to bullies, they suddenly see the error in their bullying ways. As someone who is bullied relentlessly through middle school, stories that paint this pie in the sky narrative always leave me cold as it is anything but believable for me. Not that I think a game about paintings coming to life needs to be believable, but it feels like the narrative of the game is, quote, if you just are nice to your bullies, they'll come around, end quote. And I was, you know, Caker's man and uh, the one before uh, Dense uh, were far from the only people to write in on this front, which I thought was interesting, right? Because for me, uh, and I mean, like I would say, I, you know, I was bullied the same amount. I was bullied a normal amount growing up, right? Where it was like, you know, if there was an older kid who would give me shit or whatever. They called a lot of people, a lot of kids. I had, a, oh, I, I guess I don't anymore, right? No, but like I had a mole behind my ear, like, and so I like, kids call, like, called me mole, like the grade above me called me mole, like, like that's bullying, right? And that fucking sucked or whatever. But it, you know, it was, I, I, I would never say like, oh, I connected on that front. I remember playing through this game and enjoying that aspect of it that's a turnoff to the cakers man where i thought it was like interesting to see them address the the issue of bullying because of course ash is being bullied in the game but then also to give a glimpse into the bully's life and see what led them to their you know the reason that they are being jerks to ash and yes it gets turned around pretty easily but again it is back to well this is you know a cartoon we're watching it is you know going to have a simpler solution than real life would yeah i i mean i literally took a note on that exact thing where towards the beginning of the game, I was like, okay, I can see where this is going, and I don't know if I like it, because it very much felt like a, hey, these bullies have a reason why they're bullying, and then towards the end, I'm probably going to forgive them. And literally, the exact note I take here is, uh, the game has heart. At first, I wasn't loving the story, because the kids' bullying felt really mean-spirited, and I felt mm -hmm. the game was barreling towards their redemption by personalizing them and giving them tragic backstories. Predictably, this happened, but I didn't mind it as much, because it, sold, it was sold pretty well. My character didn't seem to explicitly forgive them, but did save them, because it he felt it was right and that was the big that was the big thing for me where if tor and i guess these are like 
slight spoilers for Concrete Genie, but Concrete Genie. Uh, this was the book club. You were supposed to have played through this. I yeah. have no sympathy for you if it were. When it was the book club, also like it's Concrete Genie. You don't care much about spoilers for Concrete Genie if you're listening to this. Like it's not a really spoiler spoilery kind of game. It's not that type of story. Um, but yeah, towards the end of the game, I was expecting it to go where my character would just be like, "Hey, you know." Uh, where the bullies would be like, I'm sorry. My character would be like, it's okay. And we're all friends now. And mm-hmm, it didn't mm-hmm. necessarily end that way. Even when when the bullies were like, hey, come hang out. My character was like, ah, I'm going to go paint paint some more. Um, and there was never really any point where the where the the character, the main character that you're playing as explicitly was like, you're forgiven. All your sins are absolved, um, which is a thing that I liked because I... I was expecting it to 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 end in a in a happy place, and and I appreciate I, the, that. Those right? bullies thought, didn't really, or yeah, those bullies didn't really deserve that. I don't think. Yeah, and I, I like that. It's exactly what you're saying. I remember playing through it and having it be that. Yeah, it wasn't like we were cool, but it was like okay, cool. Like we're there's a joint thing here, and obviously I'm going to help you because you're a person. Uh, Jack Martin writes into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and says, "Concrete Genie took a while to hit for me." My artistic ability is terrible, and the motion controls bothered me so much that I switched to the right stick layout almost immediately. It wasn't until the backstories of the bullies were fleshed out that I became invested. The big hook for me was when your genies, the guardians you've helped create along the way on your journey, turned bad, I realized the game was was special. The script flips itself at that point, requiring you to team up with the bullies to save the genies and the other kids. I appreciate how nuanced the storytelling is. The bullies aren't bad, and this is in quotes, just because. They each suffer trauma in their own lives, causing them to lash out against Ash. Your creations, who once provided a sense of comfort, become sources of stress, and you need to work with your reformed bullies to save the day. Over time, as your abilities develop, the art creation aspect of Concrete Genie really begins to shine. The game doesn't always direct you on what to paint, as it does where to do it, so the art direction is left to the player. I often find myself painting uh, elaborate designs just for the fun of it. Overall, the surprising twists of the story and the relative agency of the player makes Concrete Genie a brilliant game. Also, it's got a nice trophy list. See, I I had issues with some of the art stuff in the game because I felt like there is so much guidance in terms of what to yep. paint and limitation in terms of how you paint them, where the, basically the way it works, right, is you have a notebook with pages of different art things that you can paint. So there'll be a page with a uh, a tree you can paint, stars, a neon sky, uh, you know, whatever else the thing is, right? And you can pick from one of those things to then put on the wall and it's done through motion controls. And so you kind of have that freedom of range movement with your controller. With that being the case, it, I never really felt like I was truly making art. I felt like I was just taking taking stuff out of that notebook and just throwing it literally throwing it at the wall uh and you know whether or not it was my original design or the genies requesting a certain thing either way i never really felt like i truly had that that real expression um, i want i was hoping that would come that, up that genie stuff but that's another thing is i i would have hoped that the wheels the training wheels came off earlier on that where it was more do whatever you want it's sometimes i understood it's like oh you need to have these elements in there to make it happen and it's like i get that but at, I, for me, when I think back, this is the weirdest back of on Concrete Genie. I don't think of the act of painting, which is like the main thing of the game. Like it's the main thing you're doing in Concrete Genie to advance the story, to solve the puzzles, or to you know to get the genie where you need to be. Like I think of the genies now. Cool, I thought they were cute. And I like making them. I think of the platforming and the traversal. I think of the story. I think of the art. But then the actual moment of like the actual painting, I'm like, oh yeah, well, it was always like I threw down some grass and then I'd extend this yeah. thing and have the light and put stars up. But it was also that thing of once I found uh, 
a visual style or a few elements I liked, I found myself doing that over and over again. So it's not like I was making, like you're talking about masterpieces or doing from the ground up graffiti that felt like it was unique to me. Yeah. My, I felt like my paintings always ended up very chaotic um, because I, it would be the thing of towards the end of a section, the genies will request a whole bunch of shit. And I'm like, cool. I don't really care enough to make these stars that you're requesting fit perfectly with these trees that you're requesting. And so I'm just going to throw all that stuff at the wall. Uh, and inevitably, you know, I'm going to get back past that section because I'm doing all the things that the, the genies are asking for. Uh, and, you know, I never felt like I was doing, doing anything truly unique. You know, I felt like if I was to compare my game with other people's games, I bet they look pretty similar in terms of the art stuff that yeah. ends up resulting. But you know, that was, a, that was a huge problem because at the, at the very least, right? Like there's a free mode you can go into and I'm sure, uh, I feel like the main game is more so of a, hey, here's how to use these tools, and if you want, you can go into free mode. Or I, is there a VR mode? Or did I? Make there it is a VR head? mode that I think is really, really well done, but it's like a one, one and done thing. You can yeah, go back I, and paint over and over and over again if you want, but in terms of what the story kind of is. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, I, I, I feel like that stuff was more so like prep, so you can go into those modes and and, and have fun, uh, painting stuff that you want to paint, uh, which I find really cool. Uh, two other things that I, I want to shout out is I feel like this game has a few of the same issues that the last guardian has when it comes to telling your genie what to do and ah. them just not listening. You know, there would, be, there would be quite a few times where I try to summon a genie to move a box or do a thing that I need to do. And they just wouldn't come. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to figure it out. And it wouldn't be until I started like spamming whatever button to call them over that they would finally uh, come through. And so I didn't love that. And then the other thing, I forget what the other thing was. Maybe the other thing was the, the painting. And so, Makes sense. Yeah, like I over overall, like I did like I I I, I like the game quite a bit. Just from a, this is a cool, unique thing. You know, we don't get many games like this. And at the at at toward the end, I found myself quite touched by the story and the characters and all that stuff. But yeah, it wasn't the I, I didn't I didn't I I feel like there are quite a few things that I would have uh, recommended be done differently. You know, in sure. terms of gameplay and all that stuff. But still, it's a game that I'd recommend, especially as a PS Plus game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dylan Knight comes in with an interesting question on this topic. Do you think these experiences, like Concrete Genie, are an important way to help strengthen and broaden the PlayStation library for a wider and more inclusive audience? I personally have loved my time with this game and enjoyed every moment in this world. It's one of the first games I've played where my girlfriend wouldn't let me play it until she was over and could watch along. Blessing, mm. this is always, you know, I, you know, I'm old, as you know, and you point out all the time. Uh, and what I always used to love about you know the PlayStation 3 era and PlayStation 2, but PlayStation 3 being when I really started in the industry, was that PlayStation would get weird and do weird stuff. And when you look at Pixel Opus as a studio that is obviously a PlayStation first party, and they're doing something weird like Concrete Genie, and PlayStation is behind it enough to give them the budget to have this uh fun score really cool art design you know do all these there was you know merch for it there's stuff i think you can still get on the playstation gear store for it like there was a push behind it do you think games like this are important to the library the playstation exclusive library oh yeah 1000 percent. like i really hope playstation continues to do similar partnerships with smaller studios because i for concrete genie especially as a game that doesn't focus on combat there's a little bit of combat in the game towards the end yeah. um but for the most part it's not a game where you're running around with a gun or a sword or any 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 uh, type of shit like that where you're just slicing through enemies right it's a game where yeah. you're painting through walls to progress and hiding from your bullies and that is a i think a truly unique thing and a fun a fun thing to introduce to other people 
I think that's been, that's that can often be a big barrier when it comes to getting people into video games or people feeling like they're comfortable in jumping into video games because you know, I'll tell my I'll talk to my sister about possibly getting my my nephew an Xbox or whatever and very much all the time so she'll associate video games with uh uh like violence or combat sure. or whatever the thing may be because that's that's the shit that we get all the time or that's the shit that we see all the time and being and that's what goes something. mainstream that's what's promoted during an nba game that's what the exactly. news is talking about yeah exactly and being able to be like hey no there's like a there's a playstation game called concrete genie and it's him expressing himself and doing art and all that stuff i think that uh can often be a more compelling compelling case and it's a nice refresher uh fr from i think the big first party titles um you know we talked about japan studio last week and how they're closing down right and how we associate them with uh the quirkier games even though they've not yeah. been making games as much uh lately and i think playstation first party uh can use a lot more of that because that adds i think that adds a lot more versatility and excitement to the platform um and whether whether it is partnering as a first party studio or just straight up you know bringing games to ps plus like we talked about also i think either of those things are good ways and uh, to make the the platform more vibrant to, uh, to create more different types of games for people to get into because there's a lot of stuff you can do with games that aren't just the single player third person action open world yeah and that's the thing where you know i do think it's important to you know, Dylan says strengthen and broaden the PlayStation library. It is this push and pull because we talk about, you know, uh, Japan Studio uh, last week and it closing down as we know it. And, and obviously reforming our own team, Asobi, things going there. But it was the idea of like, how, you know, they wanted to make Japanese games that could have a worldwide appeal, whereas PlayStation wanted them to make worldwide games from the top of like things that could really get behind. And you look at something like Concrete Genie and you do wonder like, is this the Western version of something that would, you know, be weird and come out of Japan that we would consider weird coming out of Japan, right? That's not speaking to our market and going somewhere from there. And so I'm glad that this still exists. I'm glad Pixel Opus is part of uh, Worldwide Studios and that they're able to put things out like that. And, you know, to some extent, it's the old thing we talk about all the time from uh, Peter Moore at EA, right? Of like, you know, Yarny's not going to make money, but FIFA makes enough money that we can make Yarny. And so it's the question of, though, like, how long is Pixel Opus for this world if this is they're going to have these kind of games that come out and let meet this level of success? If you're turning them fast enough, they're putting them in PlayStation Plus, they're not costing that much. Arguably, you don't have to worry about it too much. And obviously, it's an incredibly talented group of developers. But I do wonder, especially on the heels of Japan studio clo closing, if you see something similar where PlayStation eventually is going to talk to them and be like, listen, you need to be making things that are a bit more mainstream. And they're going to be like, well, you're going to see studio bleed, leadership leave, because we want to be making these weird things, these different things, things like Entwine, things like uh, Concrete Genie. Because as you look at, you know, the uh, SIE Worldwide Studios now, right? Like, who isn't making AAA stuff, right? Like, so you got Ben Studios, Guerrilla Games, Insomniac Games, Japan Studio, which is obviously a different thing now, London Studio making its uh, uh, VR stuff, Malaysia Studio, Media Molecule making Dreams, Naughty Dog, obviously, Pixel Opus we're talking about, uh, Polyphony, San Diego, uh, Santa Monica, Sucker Like, I mean, like, we're talking about people who are all on the same page making really great or really big AAA things. And so when you look at something on there, like, what doesn't fit, you start talking about London, you start talking about Pixel Opus. And it's not that I think, like, you know, I was clamoring on this show, right? That London, it'd be awesome to see them make a getaway again, make an actual third person, like, you know, not VR, we're making one for the PlayStation 5, and this is what it's going to be. But then Pixel Opus, I do wonder about if 
what I don't know what Sony's uh, uh, levels of success they need to reach out for Pixel Opus to stick around and be part of the portfolio forever. Yeah, like I, I hope they look at Pixel Opus and value them for being a smaller studio, right? And I hope that I don't, I don't know how much Concrete Genie ended up selling, but I hope it was enough to to justify their existence. Because like obviously, if they're not making money off of Pixel Opus, then I could see them easily being like, all right, we're either gonna shut you down or separate you know uh from this first part like we're gonna separate you from worldwide studios you can operate independently um but i think pixel opus as far as what they bring to uh play the playstation ecosystem and worldwide studios is nice to have like i think, yeah, I think it is nice to have that uh you know the 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 weird game that they bring bring out occasionally they can show off to, uh, at, even if you want to show it off as a quote-unquote ea original kind of thing right and be like hey you know, we have God of War, we have Last of Us, but we also have Concrete Genie too. Like, I think that's a uh, a fun thing. Um, but yeah, like I I wonder how PlayStation PlayStation looks at it because if I was PlayStation, I could easily see myself being like, well, we got all these other studios. Like, it takes work. It's, it's <laughs> to literally have studio open. Yeah, it's yeah. Here's my prediction: in, in five years, Pixel Opus will either be working on something big in AAA that like you're like that they're promoting like a big deal. Like they're you know, and I don't mean like. AAA is an established property. I mean, that something that's getting full-blown attention from everybody is a huge thing. Or they will no longer be a first-party studio, and a lot of them will be making games with Annapurna. Like, I think that's the two the two directions you go on that one. I think there, I think there's a third direction, which is you put them on VR because I think VR is the is the lane where you Great don't call. have to be doing that, right? You don't have yeah. to be making the big third or big um uh first party juggernaut you can't be making something that is concrete genie sized that justifies your existence for playstation worldwide right and this you know again what london studio has been doing right and what you know playstation talks about all the time when they talk about their studios is they they want them to do things that they're passionate about because then the passion shines through in the games and so yeah vr is actually a really interesting thing especially because concrete genie does have a really good vr mode and what would you want to do with that in a creative space and i wouldn't be surprised to see them be given as much uh, leeway as they want to make a VR experience that is more artsy fartsy and is, you know, doing something different in VR that could be something that they want for a PlayStation VR and especially for PlayStation VR too. Very interesting. We got a lot to talk about with VR in a second, Greg. But first, let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by EveryPlate. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Get meals you'll enjoy and your bank account will love delivered right to your door contact-free. Think of it this way. One meal from EveryPlate is the same price as one cup of coffee. EveryPlate dinners are the less expensive and more fulfilling alternative to delivery or takeout. More bang for your buck. Getting dinner on the table used to be a challenge. Now every with now let every plate plan, shop, and deliver everything you need to cook delicious meals at a delightful price. Recipes come together in about 30 minutes, definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store and starting a meal from scratch. Every plate provides easy-to-follow recipe cards and pre-portioned ingredients so you can spend less time prepping and more time I'm sorry, less time prepping and cooking and more time enjoying good food with family and loved ones. Every plate offers a changing menu of 14 recipes per, recipes per week. Uh, featuring a range of flavors and ingredients so you'll never get bored. Every plate makes it easy and affordable to cook healthy, delicious, hearty, family-pleasing meals. Uh, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's a pandemic and everybody needs to be cooking and trying something out and, and challenging themselves. That's why Blessing's been using uh, every plate. Uh, Tim set him up with it and he's been making delicious burgers and pastas over there. Uh, of course, it's super simple. It's super easy. It's something you should try out. 
Right now, you can try every plate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off your next two boxes by going to everyplate.com and entering the code KINDAFUNNY199. Uh, get started with every plate for just $1.99 per meal, plus an additional 20% off another two weeks by going to everyplate.com and entering the code KINDAFUNNY199. Our next sponsor is Honey. Of course, Honey is the thing I don't need to look at the ad for, even though I will because they always have something in there I have to say. But you know that I use Honey all the time. What is Honey, you might add? Uh, no. Well, ask. What Honey is is a free add-on to your internet browser. Uh, you go in, you install it, you click it, and bam, guess what? In like three clicks, you have Honey installed on your browser. And then what happens is when you check out online, when you're online shopping, uh, you know that little thing that says promo code, and you don't got no promo code. It says promo code, and the little Honey uh, coin drops down on the screen, not in real life. And he starts dancing around. Maybe she starts dancing around. And they go, okay, I'm looking for the best promo codes for you. And they run all the promo codes on the internet. They find the one that'll work for you. You put it in there and you save money. Honey saves you money uh, and things you wouldn't even know. You're just getting free money. You're taking it back. And if you're like me and you log in with your Gmail on the old Honey, guess what? It accrues Honey coins that you can then use for gift cards like I do for Amazon. Now let me see what I actually had to say in here make sure I get it all. Uh-huh. This is what you want? Yeah? Uh-huh. Got it? Uh-huh. I feel like I got nailed all this. I crushed all this. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. It's found it's more than 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this podcast. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kinda. That's joinhoney.com slash kinda. Remember, Honey works on any internet browser. It'll work on your phone too and all sorts of stuff. So go over there, get it, enjoy yourselves, do it. Joinhoney.com slash kinda. See, we only have two for the PlayStation updates, and they both feed into each other. Uh, the VR train continues. Uh, last week, Sony announced six PlayStation VR games that Woo! are coming. They did this on the PlayStation blog. Uh, they announced Doom 3 VR. That's coming March 29th. After the fall, that's coming in 2021. Uh, uh, that's from Vertigo Games, the creators of the VR shooter, Arizona Sunshine. They also announced I Expect You to Die 2. Uh, they, they announced Fract, which is coming in summer, developed by In Dreams, the studio behind the kayak-based stealth shooter Phantom Covert Ops. Uh, they also you announced... remember that one? No, I do not remember that one. You were playing a lot. Of, you were all over the place. I saw you in that canoe. Oh, yeah, dude. I love Phantom Covert Ops taking place in the kayak with stealth shooting. It was, it was a fun game. Oh, did you actually play that one? Yeah, I played a Judges Week 1, one E3 because it was an Oculus deal, so they had it all set up there. Okay. I mean, it was never enough that I came back. I think it's on Quest 2, and I never bothered to, you know, play it on my final quest. But, yeah, I enjoyed what I played of it there. My final quest. Uh, my final we, also got, we also got Song of the Smoke uh, that's coming in 2021. That is from the Galaxy developers, 17-bit. And then finally, they announced Zenith, uh, which is coming in 2021. And that's an anime-influenced, massively multiplayer role-playing game. Um, and so, yeah, like, we got, you know, we just coming off a conversation about an expansive library for PlayStation VR. Like we're getting more stuff and I'm, I'm excited about the VR future, even though it never, it doesn't seem like it's going to be ever. Like it doesn't VR doesn't seem like that thing that's ever going to hit the heights of 30 million sold. Right. Like I don't see yeah. that being in the cards for VR, at least any time in the future, but the steady stream of, of software we're getting for it seems somewhat exciting, even though I'm never going to play this MMO RPG uh, Zenith. Oh, maybe yeah, we'll 
That that it's it, this is exactly what we were talking about two weeks ago now, right? Where it was like, when's the last time you plugged it in? Oh yeah, there's nothing going on. And then the next week they announced PlayStation VR two, and I was like, okay, cool. And then yeah, in the that time since our last show, they've been like, hey, here are a whole bunch of PlayStation VR games that are coming. But that's awesome. That's cool. I'm glad PlayStation VR is being supported still. I look at this, and none of these make me go, oh, I gotta plug in my PlayStation VR. I got to break that thing out. I got to tear this up and go, go over there, right? Are, are, are any of them moving the needle for you? Not really. Like, I kind of want to check out what this Doom 3 VR is all about. But yeah. aside from that, like, none of these are really moving the needle in, in terms of me re- reconnecting my PlayStation VR. And I think part of that, too, is just the fact that I'm sure some, if not all, of these games are going to end up on Oculus Quest, and I just prefer to play them there. <laughs> <laughs> but even if not, even if not, like, I still don't know if I'd go through the trouble of connecting back my vr to play any of these astrobot 2 though if you brought that through <laughs> come immediately, on immediately I'm, I'm i'm booting that thing up immediately greg let me tell you about some playstation picks that's where you highlight a few of the cool looking games coming to psn this week we got a couple of big hitters uh being the crash bandicoot 4 it's about time Woo! that's coming to ps5 friday march 12th and then we also got monster energy supercross the official video game for you're coming stoked. to ps5 and ps4 oh, i love uh supercross especially when it's sponsored by monster energy that's the best kind that's, that's the, the best kind yeah, no, I love it. Uh, no Red Bull in this house. That's coming in thir- <laughs> on Thursday, March 11th. Uh, I'm joking, Red Bull. I love Red Bull also. Send, send uh, him some Red Bull, Red Bull. Please do send me some Red Bull. In terms of the actual picks themselves, I want to start off with Gensu Skydrift. That's coming to PS4 on Tuesday, March 9th. Race down courses set in the magical land of Gensokyo. Use the tag system to swap riders and board. Actually, let me read that again verbatim because they write it in a specific way. Use the tag system to swap writer and board. Lots of spell cards and last words. It's, uh, it's basically a Mario Kart looking game. I believe it's being worked on by folks who did work on Mario Kart. So okay. there's that. Greg, are you excited to play this anime kart no, racing I'm game? No, <laughs> I was like, well, you when it, before it started, uh, the, tra- the trailer was going and it was black and white and it just had the portals in it. I was like, what are we getting? What is? And then, okay, now it's just this... Little girl riding another little girl as a yeah. skateboarder. Huh? Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's basically, your vehicles are basically other fairies, I guess. All right. God yeah. bless it. Go get it if you want it. I'm sure that appeals to some people uh, that are watching this. We also got Journey of the Broken Circle. That's coming to PS4 on Friday, March 12th. A fun and vibrant trip about life, love, fulfillment, and existentialism, where new powers come from new relationships. Meet fascinating characters on your quest to complete the broken circle. These partners bring their unique abilities to let you overcome new obstacles and keep discovering the world. They also bring their own personality to roll with. In this four to five hours adventure, full of ups and downs, but always playful and rewarding, the circle learns about itself and you along with it. I read that verbatim. I just want to let y'all know. Um... This one looks a bit cool, right? Yeah, this it, looks it's... real cool. I was, I, when you, I, the, I had never heard it. I, you had the title up. I was like, whatever. But then, yeah, watching over here, this actually looks really interesting. Yeah. It looks like a Pac Man, but then you put things in your mouth and then here you are. You're a full circle and all sorts of weird stuff's happening. Yeah. Kind of, it has a cool, colorful, simplistic art style, you know, which I appreciate. And apparently it's a game, game about love, but you're playing as a circle. And so, trying to be, you're trying to become complete, you know. I you love understand? it. I do understand. Yeah. You're trying to find that missing piece. Exactly. Yeah. Journey of the Broken like Circle. I'm gonna check that out. Done. You did it, Blessing. You sold the copy. Hey to man, me. that's what this I segment hope. is all about. PlayStation picks. 
exactly let you know the cool stuff that's out there like journey of a full circle or whatever it's called and uh Gensokyo drift <laughs> oh yeah don't forget about that one of course, Gensu of course. Sky drift. uh and then you know what i uh, you just remind me hold on i'm gonna put this in here retro what, you know you remember i was all excited for that retro wrestling game that was coming out a few weeks ago but then uh it uh didn't come out they said they were Wait, getting really? they got they it came out to uh um i'm talking about retro mania wrestling uh yeah it, it it came out to steam but it didn't come out to the consoles because it got caught up in cert i guess looks like there's oh, still no wow. i'm checking over here there's still no date on it because i was stoked to try that out but yeah i'm looking here interesting looking here no if, updates if the game's name was cyberpunk i'm sure would have made made it through cert real you know fine. what i mean you know game I mean? right you know, you know it, I mean? the system's that broken. Game back, is, that game's not back on PlayStation yet, is it? Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is still not on PlayStation four. <laughs> That's crazy. I I forgot <laughs> about that. Somebody wrote Do you in think that one game of our shows. Back? Was like, yeah, not when they say like, what were they saying? Like March, maybe. Oh, that'll never. I mean, well, they can't. Yeah. Even, they probably still can't even work on the game right yeah. now, right? Like, they were locked out of doing all their stuff. So yeah, I don't see that happening. And I'm watching just clips here of retro wrestling. It looks pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Are you watching the Mega Man rap version? No, nah, no, nah, just just some Grand Pooh Bears look either fighting a match or watching a movie. What are you What are you trying to do right now? Are you trying to actually? Buy I'm trying to see if they put up an update saying, "Hey, here we go." Here. No, 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 no. Speaking update of Steam, on Steam, I know there's a PlayStation podcast. But yeah, a couple days ago, I booted up this game called Loop Hero that people, people dude, everybody's about. talking about oh, Loop yeah. Hero. Now, yeah, yeah, I booted it up, um, and basically, it's a roguelite where you don't control the character. You're basically adding on items. And uh, adding in upgrades and like doing like doing weird, um, uh, what do they call it? Like idle stuff, right? It's basically it's basically an idle game that is a roguelite. Uh, and Wait, it's what do you mean an idle game? Like you know how you know like the clickers, like the cookie clicker, and yes, okay, stuff where you're basic, you're basically adding in upgrades or all that shit in order to kind of build the process of upgrading and leveling up and all that stuff. It's basically that, but you're watching, you like you're watching your knight character go through this basically the cyclical map uh, and they loop back around again i guess that's why they call it loop hero um they're going through this looping map and they're running into these random encounters and getting into fights and they're carrying out the the turn-based battles but you're you're not a part of any of the actual navigation or the turn-based battles like you're only you're only adding in upgrades and uh uh like equipping your character with items and all that stuff and the character does everything else by uh, by themselves very okay. interesting game interesting yeah what do I feel about that? Would I like it? Would I like it? Is it a great game? I mean, maybe it's one of those ones where I could see anybody either jumping into this and being like, "What the fuck?" and then like clicking off of it, or yeah, yeah, yeah. falling into it <laughs> into it deeply. Like yeah, it depends on other, what, I saw what you're trying to from, satisfy. Somebody on Twitter yesterday was like, "This is it." Just burned the entire afternoon where it was like, "I'll try it out," and then you know, hours and hours and hours go by, and you're you're done with it. Yeah, I started playing it, and I kind of want to get back to it because I didn't play too much. But I played it for like an hour, and I was kind of just like, "This is weird," but I, I, I can see where it can get, where it can get its hooks in, because it's basically it's basically that same thing of Cookie Clicker for me, where I played a lot of Cookie Clicker. I can't say it right, Cookie Clicker, uh, in the middle Fake of class. Fan, you've never played Cookie Clicker. <laughs> <laughs> I played so much Cookie Clicker in college in the middle of class because it was a thing to kind of distract me because I like having those like shit to like fidget with like a fidget spinner or whatever uh cookie clicker was that for me where i would just be playing that in the middle of class and i'd fall into it because i'd be getting to i'd be getting to like billions and billions of clicks or whatever because i kept upgrading shit and loop hero is a little bit of that it's not the cookie clicker thing of getting to billions and billions of points or whatever but it is you progressing by just adding in certain uh uh properties and leveling up and all that stuff 
uh, and you it, it, bas it basically just happens, right? You can just do things and then sit back and let the game play itself. Huh. Bring it to PlayStation. Yeah, bring it to PlayStation. What you've been playing, Blessing, I need you to tell me your thoughts on Maquette because I talked about it last week. I enjoyed myself. I thought, they, I, you know, again, trying to make the ordinary extraordinary. So it was like there was like things I didn't like and whatever about it. But I, I, I enjoyed that, but I'm not the puzzle guy. You are a puzzle guy. What did you think of Maquette? I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head when you talked about it last week, where I, I, I like parts of it, but overall, I just didn't have a fantastic time with it. Like, I thought, mm -hmm. I thought it was an okay game. Um, I do think this, this, the story is pretty touching. Like, it's a love story, and it reminds me of Florence in a lot of ways, in the way that the love story kind of plays out, where you are, um, Florence, the, the mobile game, right, that people loved a few years ago, that was the yeah. one that was basically about a, a young couple uh, them getting together, them breaking up and all that stuff. And, and, and Maquette basically does a very similar thing with uh, its story. And I think it does that pretty well. The puzzle stuff, I think, is novel. And it's a cool idea, you know, in order to, in order to have it be this, uh, hey, you're looking down at the small Maquette and the things that you manipulate in the real world get manipulated in the small toy world and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, and so you kind of have to use that to solve puzzles. My biggest problem with it was just that the puzzles oftentimes felt clunky and the solutions. I, I think you said it last week that you never felt that uh, aha moment when you're uh, going through the puzzles. And I definitely felt the same thing of there are quite a few puzzles I solved and I couldn't believe that was the solution. I was like, wait, really? Like, this is how I get past this thing. And I think some of them I might have actually glitched <laughs> the game uh, with. But then other times where I would get a solution where I'm like, okay, this is definitely the solution. But doesn't feel like i solved a thing it feels like i'm kind of either going through the motions or i um like bumped up against the thing until i figured it out um which isn't necessarily what i'm looking for out of a puzzle game like, yeah like that's not what you want right you want to yeah. feel like oh i see a leads to b leads to c d here's how i go do this thing exactly and i also i also like puzzle games that are like hey here are here's a limited space and here are the amount of things you can do and you have this limited space to solve your puzzle and maquette I, I I I don't think Maquette does a good enough job by limiting its space. There are points in the game where I was like, I have no idea what to do, and I looked up the solution um, via the PlayStation Five game help. Oh, um, yeah, I got to use that feature. And when I realized what the solution was, I was like, really? How would I ever have figured that out? Like, there are quite a few of those ones where I was like, dude, this really? feels al almost adventure game ish. Yeah, where I'm connecting this weird thing over here to this other thing over here, and I and I like the game didn't oh it's the thing of not even that like the the solutions were impossible because they didn't really have that but they didn't do a good job of teaching me the mechanics to lead up to a solution mm. like my example mm. would be toward the end there is a there is a puzzle that you solve by putting I don't want to I don't want to like spoil shit but eh, you just basically do it it's fine everybody shut your ears off for a minute here yeah everybody be cool be cool real quick there's be basically cool, a solution chat. to a puzzle that requires you to place a place the maquette on a leaning surface so that you can go upstairs. Yeah, I know um, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And the game did nothing beforehand to kind of clue you in that uh hey, this is a thing that you like this is an element of the game that you can fuck around with. Right? Like there was no reason for me to turn like to like lean the maquette any sort of way in order to shift gravity at all. That's not a thing that they teach you. And so that was kind of one that I kind of fluked fluked out and I realized See, I like, like oh, that if one. I, do this. I agree that they didn't teach the mechanic ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But at that point in the game, I felt like they had, I thought I was talking last time where I felt like, you know, superfluous areas were cut off. So I knew things were there. So like when I got there and I was like, what the, why can't I, cause it's that you can't walk up this incredibly steep staircase. Right. And so it's yeah. like, why can't I fucking do this? It was that thing of coming back out and be like, well, these blocks rose out of the ground. 
So they have to be what what and there's one that's got a weird angle and then I was like oh wait a second and that's when I picked it up and went over and dropped it and it went boom. now did did the, did that rise out of the ground after you did the previous puzzle? Yeah. Okay, because I might have missed that because I didn't. Yeah, that, that. that's what it was, I, and I don't remember it well enough to tell you. Oh yeah, but it was that I did something and then yeah, yeah you saw it all come up out of the ground if you were gotcha. angled. Okay, that, that makes a, that makes a little bit more sense because for me, I I thought those were there the whole time, and so by the time I got there, I was just like. All right, so what is the thing here? How do I get to this last uh, uh, thing? And there are a few moments that were just like that. Like, that wasn't the only one. There are other sure, sort of, sure, sure. Uh, puzzles that had that similar thing of, I wish they had prompted this more so that I felt like I was learning a thing and then I understood the... So the there'd be the callback to it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's I feel a- like this game had very few callbacks in that way. Like, I feel like a lot of the puzzle solutions kind of came out of thin air in terms of, uh, you're taking this staircase and moving it over here so you can get to the thing, but, like, I wouldn't have realized that the stair... Like, I like certain small things like that that didn't really build up in any way anyway and kind of came out of nowhere in terms of solutions i didn't necessarily love um and then also i found that the game was quite a bit buggy for me like there are multiple times where something would fall through the world or yeah. um i had that, that, I that one time at the end with the key that i think i talked about but oh in my, my I, I had a key puzzle Same also thing. That, the, yeah. where the key almost fell through the world uh, and mm-hmm. thankfully i grabbed it out uh because it was it was sinking down um but then also there was like another thing where i couldn't it's either circle or square one of the buttons basically shifts the thing that you're holding in your hand close to the chest so you can walk yeah. around faster yeah, yeah. and that button stopped working for me part way through the game <laughs> and i didn't realize that it that there, it was a glitch until maybe like 20 minutes later and i restarted the game and i was like oh so this isn't supposed to be happening quite a few st- quite a few things like that happened for me uh, which was kind of a bummer but all that said like it's fine. It's a fine puzzle game. I think the I enjoyed it. It didn't overstay its welcome. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I said to you, like usually for me, puzzle games are I get to a puzzle that's just so hard. I'm like, this sucks. And the fact that I didn't have that here, but also didn't feel like super challenged either. Like I don't know. That's such a fine line for me to walk, and I'm not the puzzle guy, so who cares? Yeah. And so I it, it it's fine. We have we have the we talked about a few weeks ago, right? Like the whole PlayStation seal of approval and what we yeah, wanna, yeah. what we want to do with it. And I've, I think I've come down on an idea. I want to run it by you. Oh, here we go, guys. All right. Yeah. It's called the PSN, or it's called PSN Games, the tier list, right? The tiers are <laughs> platinum, gold, silver, bronze. Okay. This is basically the playoff of the, the segment we had last year, where it was the PSN Games ranked. And, sure. I, and I, I, the idea behind it here is that this is more of a way for us to do it freely where we're not playing a psn game every single week right we just rank it when when, when we want to with the bigger games we talk about on games cast so i feel like we don't necessarily need to bring every single game that we play tim doesn't give a shit about maquette you know what i mean exactly like tim doesn't want to give uh, do the maquette content um but for the psn games that we end up playing as a way to do our seal of approval as a fun way we tier it into a list okay platinum all the way down to bronze. So is it any game we play we're putting on this list? And then you have to just decide where it goes? See, I would say any PSN game being not not full price. So under $60, you okay. play. Okay. And it and has to go on here. It is, and and I, would, I would also say one game per episode. Okay. From each of us, if we want to. But my do, question is, it, so like you've talked about Maquette. It doesn't sound like you're high on Maquette. But you can't oh, say I'm not ranking it. It ha- it just means it's going to bronze. I would say no. I would okay. say you only you only rank it if you feel like it, it deserves. If you like it, so this is, this is like yeah, it. this is okay, okay, okay. So maquette, I wouldn't put on. I wouldn't put on there because sure. I didn't like it enough to even give it a bronze. Sure. 
That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, no, totally. You down with it? Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm done with it. What's happening? It's, it's happened. It's happened right there. It's exciting. New, new yeah. lists. We'll put something on there, you know? See what happens. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, I'm glad you played it. And I, I'm interested. So, now here's my thing. Come back to this hmm. now. So, I enjoyed Maquette, like I said. And again, I, I don't think it, I think it's a great PS Plus game. I think it's a great one to jump in and do. I think I like the, you know, the story and the interpretation and having the conversation with Nano last week about it. Uh, so I'm not, I wouldn't stump for it to be on the tier list or anything like that. Maybe I would say bronze, but I don't, I have, this is brand new information to me, this new list mm. you've involved. So I'd rather stay away from that. I'm I mean, not talking if, about if you want to, if you want to go away, take nope. a nap, come back next oh, episode and be hold like, on a cool, second. I wanna... if I can take a nap in the middle of the show, uh, yeah, what I'd rather come it. back and talk to you about is I enjoyed McKetna. I didn't expect to, will I enjoy manifold garden? Did you like McKet for the story? Yes. Because Manifold Garden doesn't really have a story. Mm, so it's just and puzzles. So like, just some yeah, it's just puzzles. If you like the concept of the puzzles in Maquette, if anything, I'd probably point you more towards Superliminal. Mm-hmm. Um, because Superliminal plays a lot with a, with a lot of the same concepts. And it has more of a... It has a story there, but it's definitely not a Maquette kind of story. Um, Manifold Garden is just pure puzzles. You're not really getting a story mm, at all. No, if, you, no, if you like no. solving puzzles, then yeah. But if not, then no. No, I hate, I hate solving puzzles. I don't want to do that. Yeah, stay stay away from Manifold Garden. Thank you. I appreciate your honest opinion. I know how much you like that game. I, I like you not trying hey man, to sell me. I wouldn't steer you wrong. You wouldn't. It's not what Blessing does. What you been playing? What else you been? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I've been super boring. Like, I was thinking about it this week. I played something that's redacted and embargoed for a long time that I really fucking dug that I'd love to tell you about, but I can't yet. Um, blinked I played more events. God of War Ragnarok. Oh, you blinked once? Oh, then you winked. <laughs> <laughs> so what does it mean nobody knows know what, what it means, means. Uh, I played more Avengers because uh, they're doing that really stupid XP thing and I wanted to make sure I got Kate Bishop to 50 before they try to make it longer and then also I'm working on an episode of the Blessing Show about Avengers and I needed to capture a bunch of footage for Roger so I did all that um, but I've talked Avengers ear off uh, I played Fortnite again yesterday again how, how, many, how many times can I say how great Fortnite is it was one of those that uh, Poe hit me up and he's like I usually play uh, Fortnite when I'm not playing with you guys with uh, Poe's son, Jack. And he was like, hey, do you want to play with all of us? Because now they have the PlayStation 5 and the PlayStation 4, and they can just all play. And I was like, yeah. So we were, I went and ran trios with my best friend and his son, which is super That's awesome. awesome and amazing and bizarre. You know what I mean? And especially that, you know, Jack, this kid I've known since uh, being a baby or whatever, is like, full-blown seven-year-old has his own thoughts opinions talking to us hanging out one of uh you know you know richie uh line cook he jumped in uh blind when he saw me on fortnite he's like hey and i'm like oh hey this is pose son jack pose making ribs you want to play with us? He's like yeah and then jack's just hanging there talking to this stranger on the internet that he knows is my friend so that's good enough it was like super fun and super cool and we won a bunch because uh poe was playing on an alt account that was a level one so we were just getting clowns and we were just destroying them it was great nice. we had a great time out there um and then yeah and similar to your conversation from a second ago about uh this isn't a playstation game on uh stream the other week we started up star wars the old republic because i've had that i I've saw had that in my Why? head for a while I've been wanting to play Old Republic for months now. I downloaded it on the old PC that Kevin took away, and then I downloaded it to this new PC that I've had for a while now and just haven't had the time to come over here and do it. So when we were playing Outriders and we were doing the same thing we had done with uh, you and Andy where it's just like, you know, you're shooting the shit, running through, not paying attention to the story, but then lamenting the fact that we weren't paying attention to the story. I was like, you know what, I've been, you know what, Mike? Well, you want to switch it up? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you want to play some Old Republic? And so he we he started downloading it. Kevin downloaded it. We all jumped on. That's gonna be my streaming game today or this week too. 
Dude, that's awesome. Speaking of which, you owe me a World War Z date, by the way. Remember, we talked do. about doing this. You want to do that Thursday on your stream? Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. All right, cool. Let's book it. You should, uh, you should invite Andy, maybe, because I think he wants to get into World War Z, too. Oh, God. Uh, Andy, though. I mean, you guys want to click heads, right? I'm so good at clicking heads, guys. Still want to play it on PC. Oh, and honestly, man, I won't be too thing. mad at that, because oh, he God, did get me into Overwatch on PC. Dear Snowbike Mike, we're playing World War yeah. Z yeah, on Blessings stream. Yeah, we are. Done. Can't wait. But yeah, what you know, Andy, Andy got me into Overwatch a little bit on 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 PC, and I it, it's been a fun experience because I'm I'm not I'm like I'm not a PC gamer, right? Like I've not been a huge into FPSs on on PC. Back in the day, I used to play this game called Combat Arms, which was a Call of Duty ripoff uh, on PC. But that was like the, that's like the extent of my PC shooter uh, experience. And so playing Overwatch was kind of a fun switcheroo because I the the big thing I realized was that. There, there are certain characters I play better on PC, and then other characters who I play way better on on console. Like Reaper has been my main on Overwatch console Reaper. forever. Love Re- he, actually, he sounds just like that. He's like Reaper because he's like a, a devil character. Sure. Um, I play so much Reaper on console, and I used to play Reaper. Hanzo, but I kind of started stuck with Hanzo after a while. And on PC, oh my God, Greg, I am a murderer. You cleaning with Hanzo. up? I'm cleaning up with Hanzo. It's ridiculous. Because he's like a sniper character. He has a bow and arrow. And so he requires that precision. And, I, and now that I've been introduced with mouse and keyboard, I actually got a new big old mouse pad that I'm rocking with. Uh, and now that, I, yeah, now that I'm using mouse and keyboard, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Damn. Yeah, That's awesome. no, I can't be stopped. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun with that. I've been playing a lot of PvP shooters lately. And so Apex, I've been obsessed with Apex. I'm back in it officially. I was tearing, the, I was tearing folks up. The other day, it was me, it was Mario Not Bros, and it was Emmett Watkins Jr. And it's been, uh, Khalif jumped in too. We were, we were having a great old time in that. Um, I jumped into Ranked, and then immediately, I was put in my place. <laughs> I was humbled. <laughs> I jumped, like, I jumped, nah, I jumped, sit down. The same, yeah, the same we were, one. We were, the same eight kid. <laughs> we were playing on straight up like the casual uh, uh, Apex mode and having a great time, and I was killing it. And then, yeah, it was yesterday where I hopped into Ranked with uh, Rihanna and uh, Khalif, and dude we got decimated just straight up decimated and i was like, okay well at least on casual i'm i'm decent but on rank that's why i get i i get reminded um after we got cleaned up though uh re Khalif, and danny got me a bit into that new zombies mode and called yeah, Black Ops yeah. cold war yeah there's a mode called outbreak and danny's apparently been obsessed with it uh and i played it for the first time and it was basically an hour-long session of this thing and it's in it's basically an open world zombies mode for call of duty it's actually very interesting because you run around you're completing objectives you are fighting off points and you're taking you're taking out zombies along the way and once you complete a certain map you then get transported to a new open world map and you're basically doing that over and over and upgrading along the way and i was shocked by how much fun it was like it's been such a long time since i or not a long time i've never really been into call of duty zombies i used to try and play back in the day with uh uh friends you know on black ops one and on world at war and all that stuff but zombies was never my thing i'll let my friends have fun and i and i would kind of stay away because what would I you do never... you go do the dishes <laughs> you go do yeah. chores chop wood i'll go, I'll go <laughs> clean the house while... you know what you guys have fun i'm gonna go over here change yeah. your oil no i just back up and let them play because i was never super into it and uh the i i've been getting into it a little bit more and more with danny and yeah this new outbreak mode i was shocked by how much fun fun it was um it was 
it's it's fascinating. Like it is very much an open world game with zombies. And so if that sounds up your alley, I definitely say, hey, give it a shot because it seems like a real real cool twist on it, which I appreciate. And uh, the way that they handle like gun upgrades and all that stuff, again, very similar to how zombies is already. But I got a gun in that open world, and it was a legendary gun. And let me tell you, when I started blowing go. those things down, it felt great, Greg. I'm sure it, it felt did. Great. Less, not that much recoil. I'm sure. Oh, he. Less, he quit. where'd you go? <laughs> I tried. It felt great. Bam, mic drop. He's <laughs> gone like, from the right, show. I'm gone, and that's me for the show. episode. I meant to click to another to another uh, window, and I accidentally clicked off. God, uh, so that's, that's my beat. Don't do that to me, bless. It's scary. It was an accident. Bear can't take that. <laughs> Bear's heart take can't take it. that. I know. I'm like in the middle of playing Cuphead right now, too. Like, <laughs> I'm already stressed. Blessing. Bear's Come doing on. so much right now. And aside from that, I've also been playing uh, Warzone with Fran and Nick. <laughs> And Mario not bros. Yeah, I've seen the tweets going out. Tweets going out there. Yeah. yeah, they've been getting me into it. I'm not as into it as Apex, but the more I play it, the more I enjoy it. Uh, you know, we just wrapped up the Concrete Genie Book Club thing here that we still are we're taking names for. Remember, you can go to uh, patreoncom games. You can submit the names you think that segment should be called. Uh, up next, of course, is the one and only Ratchet and Clank. Have you? What's your plan for that? Have you started playing that? Are you going to replay that? Where are you at with that? I think I'm going to replay it. I yeah. might stream it just as a, a thing to do because that might be a fun way to go about it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to finish it for the book club because, you know, it's, it's a game I've already played before. But sure. at, the very, at the very least, I'm going to jump back into it. I may finish it. We'll see how, how much I get into it. Yeah, I started it the other uh, day and did like two or three hours of it. Man, what a fun game. You forget how good that game is. How much yeah. fun it is just to play Ration Clank. And like how fun of- like a lot of the voice acting is and the characters and all that stuff. I... I booted it up recently, not for this book club, just for whatever other reason. I think it was because I got sure. my PS5. Uh, and I just started going through the first couple hours. And, you know, when you get introduced to, to um, what's his name? Captain Quirk? Yeah, Captain, Captain Quirk. 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 Captain Quirk. Yeah, when you get introduced to Cap- Captain Quirk and, like, when you play as Ratchet and go through, like, the, the fun opening area that's the tutorial of the game and you hear the announcer and all that stuff. It has such a fun energy to it that I, I've always appreciated out of Ratchet and Clank. And it's that fun of them breaking the fourth wall, right? Where it is that, you know, they know that this game is timed with the movie. So they're they're doing a game based on the movie, based on the game. And they, like, make references to that. And when they run into the guy from the first one, and they, they, he, like, says goodbye. He's like, all right, we'll see you at the next reboot. Like, <laughs> next time this rebooted, I'll be here. But otherwise, I won't see you again. Like, we'll get, save it all. Remember, start playing Ratchet and Clank, obviously, free this month with uh, PlayStation's, what do they call it? Not Play for All, right? PlayStation Play at Home. Play at Home. That's the one. Play for all is GameSpot. Who? GameSpot. Oh, the stock people. Game what do you do with it? No, that's GameStop. Yes. Game, game, game stock. Yes. GameStock, of course, my favorite site. <laughs> uh, time for hashtag PSI Love Photo Mode. Of course, this is where we give you a challenge. You go out, you play video games, you take photos in those games, and you tweet them with the hashtag, hashtag PSI Love Photo Mode. Last week, I said, hey, Let's do indies. I just come off Maquette. I was playing. I just come off uh, uh, a <laughs> Man, that's, that name's never gonna roll off the tongue. Uh, and I said, go. You know, take some photos of the indies you're doing. We got a few submissions here. Uh, the first runner up here is Nick, aka Roy, who sent in this uh, photo from Mortal Shell. Blessing played Mortal oh. Shell for like an hour on PS4 because loading times were so long. But that PS5 upgrade changed everything. Hashtag PS. I love photo mode. Uh, this is a creepy ass photo. Yeah, this like woman that. looks like some kind of weird, you know, like uh, nurse, no, nun with glowing white eyes, a bunch of skeleton kind of stuff going it kinda, on. I ain't about it it. kind of reminds me of the, the dark elves and light elves from God of War specifically. I can see like, that. Not exactly, see that. but like kind of that vibe. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah, that's definitely the vibes giving off. Yes, yes. So that's, Nick, you're runner up. Congratulations. Uh, the winner, Shell, I, well, I kind of want to get back to Mortal Shell. I played it when it first released back in, I think it was August. Uh, and I fell off it pretty quickly just because I wasn't a Souls person. And that game has a pretty cool art style. Like, that was the first thing that kind of struck me was there's like a, basically a, a button you can press to go concrete. You know, you can, you can turn in a stone in order to like sure. counter enemy, enemy moves. And that had a pretty cool animation to it. So hearing that it, that it uh, runs even better on PS5 has me... Itching a interests are peaked huh well don't forget yeah. now you got crash this week running better on playstation 5 with this playstation 5 version you got avengers next week playstation 5 version you got a lot of stuff to play don't worry about it and then your winner for the week is orville scott who wrote in here uh, before they got acqu- uh, before they got acquisitioned by microsoft ninja theory was trying to combine the quality levels of both indie games and AAA games and they succeeded also greg and bless i'm surprised we haven't done a last of us two challenge yet well, you know don't worry about what we're doing over here but an amazing shot here uh from hellblade yeah i love this lightning crack hellblade all another over the place though. yeah hellblade a game i've started a bunch of times and never finished do you just commit to it it's not that long I know it's not long, and I know it's an easy platinum, but the, it's an easy platinum if I use a guide and look at all, you know, it's a whole bunch of things. I don't know. I just haven't, mm. I, I like it. I like the quality of it, but I just, it never sticks to make me come back. But that's a great photo, Orville. So congratulations. Blessing as tradition dictates, you get to pick what next week's uh, photo mode is going to be or photos you want. What do you want? Since Ratchet and Clank is the book club, uh, that means that people are for sure going to be playing it. And so I'm going to make it the PSLF photo mode. Send me your best Ratchet and Clank screenshots. I'm actually not sure if that game has a photo mode. So you can get creative. Well, no, I, I mean, yeah, it can just be screenshots. We, I don't think we don't necessarily need the actual photo mode of the no, game, even yeah. though it's in there. Because yeah, that, I think that's what stopped a lot of people from submitting indie things. You don't need the photo mode. You get a cool screenshot. You get some stuff in there. Go for it. Blessing. I have one final segment for you uh, before we get out of here. But before I read the segment, I want to read the question. JLC three writes in and says, "Greg and Bless." Did you ever pick a PlayStation Greatest Hits for 2019? I've scoured the podcast feeds and even asked the question on the Kind of Funny subreddit and in chats, but have never been able to secure an answer. I listen almost every week, but don't remember this happening. I know the odds of this question being addressed are slim due to the fact that it's off topic, and I'm probably missing an obvious answer. But on the off chance this was missed, could you please finish this segment for my OCD brain? Thank you for all that you do and to entertain you per, all the entertainment you provide for PlayStation fans each and every week jlc3 jlc3 thank you thank you here's what here's the way it went is that as you know uh i well you might may not know blessing and i build the ps i love you doc each and every week we put a whole bunch of stuff in there and then inevitably as we get going and something takes off i i delete something i move something i put something on the bench i've moved things around this episode and removed them from the run of show and so playstation greatest hits which if you don't remember was when we brought the show back in 2020 we said it would be 10 episodes where we'd have a segment talking about our playstation game of the year each year for the past decade to then make the greatest hits of the past decade uh it was one that we did, and obviously we said 10 episodes. This is episode 60. Uh, we did it consistently for a while, but then as we started getting longer in the tooth on episodes, it would keep getting pushed. It would keep getting pushed. And so the 2019 episode got pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, and it got pushed so much that no one ever asked about it. <laughs> so when we got to 2021, we just deleted it from the document. We're like, we'll start over, and if anybody ever fucking asks, we'll do it. So JLC3, you fucking asked. So let me bring you up to speed That's on awesome. where, where we are right 
right now for PlayStation's greatest hits. Uh, for 2010, Blessing said Heavy Rain. I said Peace Walker. For 2011, I said Uncharted 3. Blessing said Portal 2. For 2012, it was unanimous, and we both picked Persona 4 Golden. Uh, for 2013, I picked The Last of Us, and Blessing is a traitor and picked Grand Theft Auto 5. Hell yeah. For 2014, it was unanimous, and we both picked South Park, The Stick of Truth. Uh, for 2015, uh, we it was unanimous. We both said Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. For 2016, uh, Blessing said uh, Overwatch. I said Uncharted 4. For 2017, Blessing said Near. I said Horizon. And then for 2018, it was... <laughs> what was that, Barrett? What was that, Because <laughs> there was what? No per- what Persona? No Persona no, 5. Because Royal is the superior version. That I mean, but at the time, though, you're... <sighs> Whatever. Fuck you, Blessing. Fuck you. <laughs> 2018, like I said, God of War Universal. And so 2019, to finally end a segment... 60 episodes in the making. This was here for the first episode of Volume 2. Uh, this one, let's go th- I remember this segment used to nag me a little bit because whenever I would go, like by episode, it was probably like 20 or whatever, I would go and see that we still hadn't done it and I would always be like, like part of me would be like, should I just add this back into the document? But I'm like, oh, Greg will do it eventually. Eventually, uh, and here we are. And here we, we are. We, we're not, we're not, yeah, now we're here. Uh, the competition for 2019, this is not a... It's not an exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination, just a list of the heavy hitters we're putting in there. It goes like this. Death Stranding, Concrete Genie, Blood and Truth, Control, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, Apex Legends, uh, Resident Evil 2, The Outer Worlds, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, Mortal Kombat 11, Borderlands 3, and Untitled Goose Game. Blessing, what is your pick? This is funny because you asked me this question about two months ago. Yeah. I would have said decisively the answer is Apex Legends. Because Apex Legends, I remember at the time being blown away by it at launch. Uh, you know, my kind of barometer for why I, why I, I put it as my game of the year that year was the fact that out of any genre, it was the one that I felt had pushed its own genre the most, you know, in terms of what it did yeah. for Battle Royale and first person shooters. The ping system, the uh, the the uh, its map design, the the bring, bringing in the character classes into Battle Royale, all that stuff I felt were super well done. The sliding, locomotion, all that stuff in Apex Legends I felt was so forward looking and so good. And I still love Apex Legends, but a couple months ago, I guess about a month, a month and a half ago, I played this game called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, Greg. And it rocked my world. And it's my rocked pick. It's my the pick. World. It's my game wow. of the year 2019. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I still think about that game daily. It is so good. And I'm going to go back and play it more this week because I just want get, to get that combat back in my hands. Those counters, okay. those enemies, those boss fights, so good. Uh, for me, I'm sure shocking no one since we're almost, well, we're, we would have caught up to reality in 2020 if we would have done this by episode 10. I'm um, picking Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Of course, kind of funny. Game of the Year for 2019. Uh, just a, what a blast that was. And I enjoyed that game so much, and I can't wait for more of it. And it's, you know, it's funny you talk about it's a game you think about often or all the time. I think about uh, Fallen Order often of just like how cool Cal was, how much I enjoyed that story, how much the, I enjoyed customizing the lightsabers. I wish there was more outfits, stuff like that. But. And the, the the ending, ah oh man, what a great game! Yeah. Similar games these are. You're very similar. No, I remember. Yeah. You know, I, uh, at a EA Play when I hosted EA Play at E3 that year, uh, when we were doing rehearsals, I was talking to Stig, obviously who works on or worked on uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and uh, I was, you know, we're shooting the shit. And I was like, so what are you playing? He's like, man, I keep trying to play Sekiro, and he's like, it's just difficult because our control scheme is so much like theirs, but timings are a little bit different. And so he's like, I just keep getting my ass handed to me because <laughs> I go to work all day and work on our game and then come home and try to play it and try to switch those gears to just get over to the other side are difficult. 
Do you think you're ever going to come around and play Sekiro? No. Fair. It's one. I. It's I. Yeah. I mean, like, I, what, what, why should I play Sekiro? Because the gameplay is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a fun game to play. I. I mean, the and I would say the story is a bit is way more straightforward than Bloodborne story. I think there's more there in Sekiro for Greg Miller to get into. Okay. Than Bloodborne because Bloodborne is very much like this artsy. Hey. You're if you're gonna you're, you're gonna fall in love with like if you play Bloodborne and you like Bloodborne you're probably gonna be obsessed with it as opposed to Sekiro I feel like it's just way more straightforward in terms of hey here's a story that's easier to follow there's exploration that is a little bit more standard than I think Bloodborne's is and the combat is just so addicting it is so good like I think I think you'd appreciate the combat in the game even though it is it is fairly difficult. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I don't know. There's nothing about it that screams like I have. I I would really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I and for the record, I did start it, but this is obviously before I would have uh, before I I went through Bloodborne or anything like that. But I did start. I did start it. I did play it for sure. <laughs> Not finish it by any stress of imagination, but put a few. Hours I'd also say I I think it's a more enjoyable uh, PlayStation Five experience because it does have the uh, uncapped frame rate and it does actually take advantage of a lot of those next-gen hardware features that makes it play super smooth and look super amazing like the mm-hmm. actual enemies just or the whole world the whole the whole game just looks fantastic on ps5 so you want to if you want to test out what that hardware can do i'm not going to think about it, it but i'll think about thinking about it all right okay, that's what well, i'll that's give fair. you, you that's all I, mean? I ask i got crash this week on ps5 i gotta I want to get back to that so you're gonna play crash on ps5 yeah, I've had it on PS4 for a while there, but then I'm tr- playing Ratchet at the same time too now. I guess so I need to probably need to finish Ratchet before I go back to Crash, but I've wanted to tinker with it. I've been meaning to play Crash War. I I missed out on it uh, last year, and that's one that I've been wanting to get to because Tim, I mean obviously Tim is, well, is, speaks obviously. the gospel of Crash War, but I believe him. Like I wanna I wanna get into it because I love me a good platformer. Well, ladies and gentlemen. What did you think of a good platformer? Let us know in the comments. This, of course, has been PS I Love You XOXO. The show is far from over. You can go to patreon.com slash games. We're about to do a post show. Spoilers, it's going to start with Barrett talking to Blessing because I got to pee real bad. Uh, of course, though, uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash games to be part of the show. You can be watching live just like Chance is, like Nick is, like Joshy G731 is right now. Of course, over there, you can ask questions. You can get the show ad free and you can have a good time supporting us. However, if you have no bucks, toss our way. It's no big deal. You can get every episode of PSI Love You XOXO free on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames, RoosterTeeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every morning. Remember, start playing Ratchet and Clank. You got to get on that. That's this game's month, uh, game of the month. And then also, you wanted photos from what? I already forgot. Was it Ratchet and Clank? What Ratchet you want and Clank, photos? yeah. Yeah, you want photos from Ratchet and Clank. Do that hashtag PSI Love You XOXO. And, uh, oh, yeah, go to Instagram.com slash BlessingJr comment uh get an iphone i i enjoyed this one uh right here uh yeah it was uh uh bermoon bermundez matt says these would look real hot with an iphone so like they know you know they know there are is get an iphone is what i'm looking joshy g731 said get an iphone sent via android so like you're you know you're you're not alone but we're gonna we're gonna get this for you we're gonna we're gonna wear you down blessing that's what it's all about the worst part is these are the people watching live, which means that when this goes live, oh, it's gonna this be way goes live worse. for everybody, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have so many Instagram notifications of people asking me to get an iPhone. Listen, if you have an Android, 
retaliate. You know, let's go to let's go over to Greg's Instagram. Let's comment on whatever the oh, first post is on Greg's. Instagram I'm gonna get really about. upset about these three yeah. to four Android people still coming over. It'll take forever to load. It'll crash. They don't have the cookie thing they want. On right now, there. right now, I'm looking at a at an image on Greg's Instagram of him and the blue guy from the Elmo. <laughs> From Sesame Street. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And the blue guy from the Elmo. Oh, hold on a from second. From the Elmo. From the blue, the blue guy right from to... Sesame Street who's not the cookie monster. Grover. Grover. I'm looking at a picture of Greg and Grover in cartoon version. Go over there. Tell him to get an Android phone because Android is a superior platform, even though everybody has an iPhone and ruins it for Android people. Greg, I hope you appreciate my comment. Greg is making, I can tell Greg is making a tweet right now. Quote, and the blue guy from the Elmo, <laughs> Blessing Jr. trying to say Grover. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got a post show to do, but until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.